Hello, everybody. I am Joshua. And I'm Jamie. And, and we're, we're going to do Daredevil. Episode, uh, hello everyone, episode 53, I think we said, didn't 53, we? yeah. Yeah, we're just going to cover a couple of uh, graphic novels in uh, this one and quickly go over a Marvel fanfare story. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, which we bounced from last week. And we were going to yeah. talk about Power Man and Iron Fist issue 125, but I looked it up and it's just the back of Daredevil's head, so I don't think... We have mentioned it now, but we <laughs> ding, don't need ding, to go ding, into ding. any detail. We got it done on that one. Jamie, you're wearing your Fogwell's gym sweater. I am. Yeah, Love I it. am. It's uh, it's interesting because this is a it's a blue sweatshirt that just says Fogwell's gym on it. I've had more people talk to me about Daredevil wearing this than any other Daredevil item that I might wear. It's probably because people don't see that. Mm. You know, like the other Daredevil shirts and stuff. People see people wearing Daredevil shirts with the DD logo yeah. or. Or like one of the you know the classic comic images and stuff, but that's just cool because it's Fogwell's gym. Yeah, you have to be an actual fan to know what it is. Yeah, I had like one of the directors yeah. of the Defenders walked oh. past me and looked at it and oh. went, "You didn't work on." And I was like, "No, it's not from any TV show." <laughs> Isn't it great how like in this town people assume you worked on it? If yeah. you weren't, no, we're just a couple of fanboys. Yeah. Did you work on 1984? I did work on 1984. <laughs> no, I did. Joshua's wearing a sweatshirt. That says 1984. Um, but yeah, that's basically what happens. If you wear any sweatshirt with any logo or anything on yeah. it, people will go, oh, you worked on that. Especially if you have a hat. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's been so, like I've seen so many people that have like an Avengers hat. And the first thing that always pops up, oh, wow, hey, did you work on that? And it's always, no, I didn't. I just... No, I know. got it from Target. <laughs> <laughs> it was nine ninety five, and uh, yeah. Uh, so as, uh, as Jamie mentioned, we're going to cover a couple of graphic novels. Yeah. And the first one... Uh, that we're going to do is is Daredevil Love and War, which yeah. which you can find on the Marvel Unlimited app, which I it just found out. It's technically the Marvel Graphic Novel Volume 1, uh, Issue 24. They put out a bunch of these, including Captain the death of Captain Marvel and uh, D- uh, Dr. Doom, Emperor Doom, I think it was called. And But this is the 24th one. Uh, it came out in December of 1986. 19- yes. yes. 1986, um, and, and yeah, this is the first time we see Bill Sinkovich. Bill Sinkovich, I do think some Daredevil, right? Did we, did I think we see he him? might have. Uh, no, I think you're right. He's been, this, on, he's been on Moon Knight up until this point, I think. And uh, yeah, I think this is his first, first time we see him draw Daredevil, right? Yeah, maybe. That's a good well, question. Well, regardless, um, whether paint, it was his, paint Daredevil, yeah, whether it was his first or last time or middle time or whatever. Um, it's definitely a different style than anything we've read so far. Yeah. But yeah. Frank Miller's the writer. Yeah. Bill Sinkovich is the artist. Um, it's a definitely a taste that you have to acquire. But um, if you like abstractness, uh-huh. then this is definitely the book for you. Yeah. And what I do want to say is that his art works very well with Frank Miller. This story, uh, yeah, especially. Yeah, I acquired it quite young. I found this when I was a kid, this book, uh, randomly in a, in a newsagent's. And got it, and I was so blown away. And there's one particular image that um, 
the image of Daredevil jumping out of the window at Josie's. That mm-hmm. I remember just staring at that for hours and hours and thinking, how is this in a comic book? I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, he all, uh, we should also say that you know, almost the the main character in this book is Kingpin in a way. Yeah. More so than Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And um, Kingpin, the way that he that he illustrates Kingpin is crazy. Yeah. It's very similar to if you've seen the uh, the Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie, the animated movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that Kingpin looks in that is almost like, identical to how he looks here. Yeah, supernaturally huge. Yeah. Where his head is almost in the middle of his body because yeah. his shoulders are just so massive they go over the top mm-hmm. of his head. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of where this fits into the timeline of Daredevil, we have an idea of what issues it's before. Um, and I have a feeling like this predates Born Again, um, just because of how Daredevil is. There's no, I don't think Karen's mentioned in it at all. Um, and just the timing of it feels like it's, it, it. if you read this, it kind of sets up why... Uh, the Kingpin is so angry at Daredevil at that stage, I think. It kind of fits nicely into that period just before Kingpin finds out who he is. You don't get the impression that he knows that uh, Daredevil is Matt Murdock in this. Right. Um, but we know that it... It's, so I have a feeling it takes place before... Just before Born Again. It definitely doesn't take place after the next round of, of issues that we're going to cover in, the pod, in a couple of podcasts because there's a mention of... Incidents in this book in a another storyline that mm-hmm. we'll go through, but yeah, I, I have a feeling that it's just before Born Again, um, but there's no there's no official. It doesn't say where it fits in, right? Um, well, the the book itself, um, it's uh, it's got a classic cover that I've seen this image like mm-hmm. a million times. It's so cool. It's got you have Kingpin in the background, and uh, he's he's smoking a cigar. Yeah. And you've got Daredevil swinging through. Once again, it's very abstract, like mm-hmm. painted. And then you have um, an angel yeah. with the head chopped off. Yeah. And the angel's head is falling down. Yeah. A little symbolic there, I think. But um, <laughs> so uh, symbolism. The, the, the book itself, um, as I mentioned, it's called uh, Love and War. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it starts out uh, with that classic shot of Kingpin's. Um, his office building, which is similar to way that it was drawn when Frank Miller was doing the drawing, mm-hmm. when he yeah. was doing the, the Daredevil Fist series. Tower. The Fist Tower that has the two almost like, I guess, horns on the corner yeah. of, of mm-hmm. the uh, of the very top. It's very, very slender and tall. Yeah, which the is, biggest building in town. Which is kind of funny because it's different than Kingpin, who is very <laughs> tall but not very slender. Um, but the, it, but the, the graphic novel starts out where Kingpin is... He's he's basically he's explaining to the reader that he has everything in life and he should be as happy as he can be because he's got all the power, all the money, all the influence, everybody works for him, but there's one thing that is making him not be on cloud nine. Mm-hmm. And that is the current condition of his Vanessa. Yeah, Vanessa who you remember was um uh, d- during a battle where his right-hand man was trying to convince him to come back into power, and Vanessa had kind of talked him away from crime, uh, brought the building down on top of her, and he presumed her dead, and then he later discovered that she'd actually been living in the sewers. Thanks to Ben Urich. Thanks to Ben Urich, who discovered her looking in a restaurant meeting that the Kingpin was at uh, during um, one of the issues before, I think it was like 160-something, um, when Daredevil and Ben Urich go underground and find the king of the sewer and uh, Vanessa is being held as his queen and they rescue her 
take her back, but she is reverted back into a, almost a childlike state right. and is nonverbal and um, basically almost comatose. I mean, mm-hmm. when, when we see her at first in the book, she's just lying in bed and not doing anything. And Kingpin's sitting alongside her next to her and is just silently watching. As you said, he's this huge frame and he's, you know, he talks about how powerful he is. He talks about how incredibly, like, every, he controls everything. He's mm-hmm. built his entire empire and everything and he has everything but her. And he doesn't control her current state too, which is probably pretty hard for him as well. At one point, he touches her forehead, and he's being very gentle. But then, I mean, we don't know at this point. We don't know how long this has been going on. This Mm -hmm. could have been a week, a month. You know, the timing is, as Jamie said, a little bit confused, or you know, doesn't exactly have a direct spot where it fits into the to the continuity. But um, Kingpin, after he's sitting there for a while, and and you know, does the the narration so the the readers know what's going on with with how Kingpin's feeling. after he gets no response from her, he yells, speak really, really loud, which is very uncharacteristic of Kingpin. Because mm-hmm. one thing that, it, one reason why Kingpin's so cool in general is the fact that of of you never see him flip out. You never see him get agitated, yell, scream. He's so calm, collected. That's why at the end of Born Again with the whole nuke thing, when he was starting to kind of lose his cool, all mm-hmm. the other people around him could really tell yeah. Whoa, something is going on because normally Kingpin is a guy that sits back and says stuff like, Oh yeah, you know, do that again and I'll kill you. But he mm-hmm. doesn't actually, you know, scream at you and threaten you and point fingers at you. Yeah. But at this point when he screams and says, Speak really, really loud and she doesn't answer, to me, this goes and tells everybody, okay, so the Kingpin has no control over this, which yeah. is obviously upsetting him. But of everything this is this is how you can get to Kingpin is yeah. through Vanessa. Yeah. Whether it wasn't clear before, it's like this is the thing that will make him snap and make him beatable. Yeah. And uh, obviously, he's in a room just with her, so nobody's seeing this. Mm-hmm. But but this is the clue to us as readers that like that is his Achilles heel. Yeah. Is Vanessa yeah. above anything else? He has control over everything, but Vanessa, not so much. Yeah. You remember that um, Daredevil actually made him uh, the, the guy that was running as the. The mayor of of New York, uh, he, he made him pull out, didn't he? Because um, you mean back it, when was it mayor or district attorney? I don't know. If was it, it district attorney? I think it was play? mayor. It was the guy who he made basically who was like leading, and then at the last minute he had to pull out um, because he threw Vanessa's wedding ring onto the desk and said, "You, I'll give her back if you end this." Oh, okay. <clears throat> so that's yes. the, that's the the one thing. This, this is the 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 way in is through Vanessa and the, the image straight after he, sc- he screams out speak is him sitting there with his head in his hands, which is like something you never see. Never see. Never. Um, so, so after that happens, we get into the main story and yeah, we, we find over out to Times Square. I think. Yeah. And the King pin has come up with a plan, which this yeah. gets described over the next couple of pages. Some really awesome little paintings that, uh, that, that, uh, Bill's been doing here. I mean, it's looking really cool, but, um, specifically, what is going on is the kingpin has brought in a doctor, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. It's not exactly clear how he got him to come. I guess it was just some type of an offer of something. <laughs> he offered him a huge amount of money. A huge he amount, says okay. he says to his wife, "It's a, a guy called Paul Mon, Mon, Monday, um, and his wife is a, her name's Cheryl. She's blind, um, and he mentions. He says, uh, she says uh, on the whole, Paul, I prefer Paris." And he, he replies, it's only for today, my sweet. 
we can stand a few hours, can't we? That fish gentleman has made quite the offer. Quite okay. The offer. So it is, it, it is for money. Mm-hmm. So he has brought him um, to New York, mm-hmm. and obviously uh, he wants him to work on fi- fixing, figuring out what is wrong with Vanessa and bringing her back yeah. up to speed. That's his specialty. That's he's like a he's behavioral uh, therapist. Mm-hmm. And as Jamie mentioned, his, his wife is blind, mm-hmm. which Cheryl. is also kind of cool because you know that'll kind of tie in with Daredevil, obviously, yeah. as it always does. Um, so that's the Kingpin's plan. Is he obviously has a little bit more, which we will unveil here in a second. But yeah. there, uh, he has brought this doctor to New York to help fix Vanessa. Mm-hmm. And on that first page that we are introduced to these two characters, is it pronounced Monday? Is her name pronounced Monday? I guess it is because it's M O N D A T. But it's they're it's, French. Yeah, it's pronounced Monday, and we we meet the next character. Oh yeah, because he the character mm-hmm. even says not like the day or something. So he? there's this cat who works for uh, Fisk who was ordered to go. And um, uh, capture and kidnap yeah. uh, Madame Monday. Yeah, and and uh, he is Looney Tunes. Victor. Yeah, Victor. He is Looney Tunes, and mm-hmm. throughout this whole graphic novel, he is just. I mean, he he's the things that he does is 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 crazy. He is not really. He he has a, a very tough time keeping uh, himself in in the real world. He yeah. has a fantastical flights and yes, and he's uh, he's the the word has been put out to grab uh, Cheryl by mm-hmm. the kingpin. He wants some leverage over uh, uh, Paul Monday, and he's the way he's going to get it is because he's the kingpin rather than just saying here's a load of money. Just please do what you can. I'd really like you to work on this. He's going to say, here's a load of money, and while you're thinking about the money, I'm going to take something that you care about, and basically you either do what I'm telling you mm-hmm. to do or I destroy what you love. Right. So that's uh, so. So uh, Victor is part of that that move of leverage. So He's watching them walk through on 52nd Street, and um, uh, Paul says, oh, you've got to try a New York hot dog. He leaves Cheryl alone for a mm-hmm. moment to go get a hot dog, and while that's going on, um, Victor moves in with some chloroform, and uh, takes her away. And the entire time that he's doing that, he's talking it out loud. Well, he's talking yeah, he's, he's in narrating. his head. Yeah, he's yeah. narrating in his head. And you can just tell from these couple of pages that he's crazy by the way that he, you know, presents himself through his narration. Yeah. It's, it, it is like, he, like the name Monday, the play on the word uh, yeah. is saying it, Monday. No, not Monday, Monday. You know, it's just, it, it's very, it's just the way that Frank Miller writes yeah. it. He says he's, he's constantly saying things like, "Look, I, her name is Monday. She's mm-hmm. a looker. She's blind, so it's a funny thing to say." He says, that "Her name is Monday, not like the day. I know what it is. I wrote it on a card because I'm a professional. I'm a professional. Yeah. <laughs> this is me. Look, I'm doing stuff. I'm professional. Watch me." And it's it's him keeping trying to keep himself grounded in reality. And we find out later that he has a he has some kind of addiction, um, possibly schizophrenia. It's, a, it's yeah. a, there's a lot of. But when he takes the pills, the pills don't make him normal. The pills make him even worse. They make him worse. Yeah. yeah. Well, he takes a lot. He, make, he takes too many of them. So okay. it's like a weird, uh, like, you know, that Franklin is always obsessed with these kind of crazy, crazy people who take drugs and they're crazy and everything's crazy. So um, Paul, so Paul pulls in his hot dog. He, yeah, he's holding his hot dog. He looks around and realizes that uh, Cheryl is missing. Yeah. And uh, that's where uh, Victor comes up. Victor comes him. up. Now this Victor part looks it, almost like a, a mandrill monkey. Yes, he does. Bill Sinkovich paints him. Oh my him gosh, his, he's very gaunt, very uh, angular. Yeah, and his features are almost skeletal, but his eyes are like these. They're right next to his nose, and, and his yeah. face is extremely long. Um, but it's a cool page uh, where we we get. 
uh, he comes in. He he and uh, the hot dog almost looks like it's being held to uh, to Paul's neck, mm-hmm. which is kind of a funny yeah. imagery there. But he threatens him and and he says, "Look, I got your Cheryl. Now you're gonna do what I say." Don't speak, and and obviously um, Paul starts to try to speak, yeah. and that's when the gun goes into the back and is like, "Look, listen, man, I'm telling you, don't speak, don't make me kill you." You can really tell how like, you got to be careful. Yeah, he says, "If, you, if him. you speak, yeah, I, I, I'll I, have to I, kill you." I've given my word that I will shoot you. Yeah, and I can't so break I will, my word. Yeah, I can't break my word. I've got to be. I've got to be a professional. I've been told I have to be professional. Uh, so he's holding this gun and, and pulls back, and he slips an address in on a piece of paper into his coat and says, "You go here. Mm-hmm. You don't speak." You go here. You don't talk. And then he sa- he kind of slinks away into the crowd, and he says he watches, and uh, and for 19 minutes, Paul stands completely still, unable to move, trying to wait and find out what's happening. And th- again, it's like this this uh, Sankovich's use of not just space and art. The, the way he the, the way this the, the, the few pages go in, you have like a, a, a crowd of people that is kind of sketched in and then there's a highlight of Paul and Cheryl so you can see where they are and the idea is like I spot them in a crowd then we get in close with them and you still get this sense of people moving around through s- these kind of sketchy lines and then as Paul leaves it the background kind of just dissipates and becomes flat it's empty space and it's empty yeah. space and then we cut back to her and it's just like a crowd of people again and then there's a lot of negative space when uh, Victor goes up to to Paul, and when he's left there, he's just like this tiny little isolated figure on almost a, a, a white. It's almost a third of the page that is just white with uh, with him standing there. Yeah. Then we bounce over to yeah. Josie's we, we go bar. to Josie's, and yeah. here's where we where we get introduced to our our title character, Mister yeah. Daredevil. And I really like the way Sinkovich draws Daredevil. Yeah. It is. He's very very almost like a like a what's that toy? Um, stretch Armstrong. like a Stretch Armstrong mm. in a way. Where his body is stretched out. Whenever you see him, his arms are longer than they're supposed to be. His torso is incredibly long. Yeah. His body bends in that kind of like rubber band type. Mm-hmm. Uh, type he's fashion. super athletic, but also oh, yeah. incredibly buff. So he's yes. kind of like this hyper realized version of of, uh, of a superhero. Um, and we get some nice dialogue here too, where they yeah. talk about Josie, how Josie's a nice, she's a nice gal, and and you know she uh, she happens to run the shadiest bar around. Yeah, and but all, she's just trying to she, make her way. Yeah, she's just trying to make her way. She doesn't think twice about what these guys actually do. All she really cares about is her place not getting damaged. And mm-hmm. of course, Daredevil talks about you know through his narration, he knows what's going to happen next. Yeah. There's going to be some damage. Yeah, he walks in to... And to he says he walks in and the, every heartbeat jumps and then mm-hmm. a bunch of guns are pulled out. And then we have this incredible page. And when I when I first got this book as a youngster, 1986, so like 12 or whatever, 11 or 12, I would just look at this image for hours and hours and hours. And just, it's, it's, it's... We jump outside of uh, Josie's bar and there's cars speeding by on the street it looks busy it actually looks like it's on a busy street rather than i always thought it was down at the docks but i like the way that and we have a nice uh, there's a billboard that has um macchio's name on it the the editor of the daredevil line there um and daredevil basically bounces out of the window bounces onto a bus and jumps away from all of the bullets and we have the a streak of bullets and you mentioned that it looked like uh the the film posters of um, the rubber peak, a bot peak, peak, yeah, yeah. Um, of like the uh, the Star Trek kind of uh-huh. that where the, the apocalypse now Superman. Yeah. It's it's where they do a lot of straight lines. They use yeah. straight lines, and, and and it makes your eye just kind of 
flash would follow the lines across the page. Yeah, and there's like this very the Daredevil is like an, almost a tiny little figure, but with the the DD sign really mm-hmm. bright on his chest as he bounces out. You almost have to kind of look hard to find him. Yeah, because your eyes don't go normally when you look at a splash page. Your eyes go straight to the center action, which mm-hmm. is going to be one of the superheroes in some heroic fighting kick or something. Yeah. But it's not on this case. On this cage, your eye is more drawn to the scenery. Yeah. It's more drawn to the, I guess you could say, background of the yeah. image. It's a very neon lit. It looks like a very like taxi driver-ish uh, New York City street with lots of neon lights. And and uh, it's funny because this is like the, we've mentioned this before, but every almost every issue you have to have. The backstory. You have to have backstory yeah. about Daredevil. And this is where they fit it in. Basically, he says, like, the guns go off and he says, it's too much for my sensitive ears. Uh, I get some distance because... Uh, it's better than being in front of Josie's bar and grill where they're firing. And he says, my ears are sensitive, superhumanly sensitive. Uh, all of my senses are, in fact, except for one, I'm blind. They call me Daredevil. And that's yeah. it. That's your backstory. Yeah. It's kind of nice that it's so short. Yeah. <laughs> but it is It is a very cool page. Everyone should definitely check it out. And I like how how he, um, uh, Bill Sinkovich, how he goes down and he signs the page and puts the date at the bottom. Yeah, 1986. It's cool because you used to see that on a lot of splash pages mm-hmm. where artists would sign the page once it's done yeah. and it wouldn't get colored out. It, it'd be there. It's cool. It's, yeah. it's neat. You know, why not? You're proud of it. You know, it gets yeah. printed that way. It looks cool. Why not have your name stamped on yeah, it? Yeah, I love it when the covers and, and splash pages have a little signature. I know. Even, especially if it's a hidden one in you. Yeah. Um, so the the a lot of the uh, the the villains in this look like 1940s or, or 30s or 40s gangsters. Um, but then we see Turk, and he's very much like something out of Miami Vice. He's yeah, got he's like a 80s. Ju- yeah. Galore. yeah, this is super 80s. He's got very soft, uh, permed, curled hair, um, like uh, some Michael Jackson length pants on where his white socks are showing, and some nice shoes, and then like a really uh, waist length, uh, puffy jacket y kind of thing, white puffy jacket. So what happens is that um, Daredevil. Jumps out of the bar. He hides down in a uh, under a manhole cover. He goes through a manhole cover, leaves the manhole cover there, and everyone says, "I think I got him. I think I got him." And it's like, "No way, he got away." And then they go and look over the manhole cover. Turk peers in, and then Daredevil's hand arm comes up, grabs him, and pulls him down. It's really neat because he takes him down into the sewer, and yeah. this is perfect because the sewer is not drawn the way a sewer actually is, but you know, sewers has a lot of pipes yeah. and underground things, but they over exaggerate everything. Yeah. And, and daredevil, there's a couple of panels where daredevil is running through these pipes and they have all these random pipes just going everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you go down the sewer, it's not going to look like that, but it, it still, it paints an image of what, you know, sewers are big. There's lots of pipes. There's lots of tunnels. Yeah. It's basically you know, a dark space with pipes. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. So it's hard to it's easy out. to get lost. You don't yeah. know where you're going and, and you can kind of do that with all in one image without having to actually make it look realistic. Yeah, and then, would actually be. Yeah. yeah, and you have a great page where Turk and Daredevil, basically what uh, Daredevil knows is Turk's going to spill his guts yeah. eventually. So you have this, uh, it's, um, it's 4, 8, 12, 14, like 15 panels that are just squares. And it's one panel will be Turk, and the first one is him complaining about how his pants got wet when he got pulled down in a sewer, and he says right. these are expensive jeans, they're like 40 bucks. Then it's black. Nothing. Daredevil mm-hmm. doesn't have to do anything. He just has to sit there and wait this out. And the whole thing is that he's he's basically sweating him out. He's taking mm-hmm. him down in the sewer and he's basically said, it's dark down here. You could get lost really easily. Tell me what you know. And then Turk slowly starts to talk. He says, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Yeah. Blank. All right. Okay. okay I'll tell you. Bit. I know a little bit. A little he wants bit. this. <laughs> Blank. Okay. I, I, I know more. I know more. He's up to this. And he basically says, you know, he, he ends with him basically saying that 
the kingpin has had this doctor grabbed and it's about his wife and he wants you dead and that's all I know. And then, okay, it's a, the doctor's a brain doctor and he's in town to help uh, Vanessa and you'll take me up, won't you? You'll take me up and then Daredevil, you don't see Daredevil at all on this page. He basically says, I'll take you back up what, once you figured out how you're going to help me. What's so awesome with this page is the fact that after Turk talks, normally if somebody, an artist would draw it, they would draw a shot of Turk without speaking and just showing the way that he feels and how he's, you know, mm -hmm. he's taking, you know, yeah. you know, how we would show him getting um, nervous without any dialogue, just yeah. imagery. But instead they're using just black. And it's great because black is what Daredevil sees because he's blind. Mm -hmm. So I kind of see it as like every panel where Turk is talking, we see his face. When he's not talking and he's there, we don't actually need to see what he looks like because it's not important. It's not important. <laughs> and, and Daredevil himself can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. Then we jump over to where Victor is holding Cheryl. Oh, and Victor she, is sitting on a bar stool that is like the longest, tallest bar yeah, stool you've ever really seen. everything's really exaggerated. It's so that. exaggerated. And Victor, what he's doing is he's just watching Cheryl, yeah. and he's instantaneously, because of his fantasy lifestyle, um, or his fantasy think way of thinking, yeah. fanatical way of thinking. What, what was the word you said earlier? Fantastical. Fantastical way of thinking. Um he falls in love with Cheryl, like yeah. He's talking about her being sleeping beauty, yeah. and she's being so beautiful. Helen of Troy, yeah. He, he talks about all the things that and he would want to yeah, do to he her. She's but, an angel, but like he can't covers. because you know she's an angel and everything. And yeah. and meanwhile, while this is all happening, Cheryl is just laying there unconscious. You know, still yes, looking very pretty. But we really get a lot of we we, we go into the psyche of Victor, and we mm -hmm. really kind of see how screwed up he actually is. Yeah, he keeps, uh, every time she's about to wake up, he puts more, um, whatever they're using to knock her out. Um, I don't know, he's injecting her with something that's keeping her sedate. Yeah. And uh, and he's saying that while this is happening, he's looking at her and he doesn't want to do anything. He's going to keep her safe. He's promising he's going to keep her safe. And he keeps going into this, like he says, you know, nothing like that. No, I'm not going to be bad. I'm not going to be bad. Nothing like that. And then he starts getting these shakes. And uh, he says, "I need something. I need something to keep me good for the because I'm I'm trying to be a professional for the kingpin. I'm trying to do this for the kingpin, and I've got to behave." Um, then uh, we jump over to kingpin, and he's sitting in a room with Vanessa, and they bring in uh, Paul, Paul Monday. And uh, it's cool that the, the kingpin's uh, speech balloons, bubbles are, are blue. Mm -hmm. For some reason, it's like really, I don't know. There's something. I don't know why the choice of blue for that, but it's like this kind of like almost sinister calming. Yeah. Like he's he's not gonna he's not gonna raise his voice. He's just gonna talk very calmly and let you know that he's gonna kill your wife if you mess this up. And this is him basically doing the shakedown on, on Paul where he says, uh, he says, you know, your wife is safe. Um, um, mine remains in a living death. Um, and he says, uh, I couldn't simply hire you. I want your passion, doctor. You must feel as I feel, a crying loss, a growing terror. You must know that you hold in your hands the life of the woman you cherish. Cherish. When Vanessa wakes, you begin. So he's basically saying, if you don't fix her, then something's going to happen to your wife. you you got to know how I feel to work. I don't want you to do this half-hearted. Um, so um, we bounce back over and there's um turk is doing in in uh, we bounce over to turk and daredevil and turk is basically doing some legwork to try and find out information for daredevil mm -hmm. daredevil's following and listening in um turk goes to a guy who runs drugs and um 
He's, who's on the phone with Wesley. He's on the phone with Wesley, which yeah. Is, um, which is uh, way up the yeah, chain, way the up food the chain. chain. Yeah. And he's talking and he's saying, you know, we're, we're not getting anything. We're getting terrible jobs um, and uh, we've got to do something. It kind of shows that the kingpin is not really focused on the things that he used to be focused on, keeping yeah. the, 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 hired, the hired goons, the hired help in, in line where they're supposed to be on the correct tiers. Everything's yeah. gone kind of chaotic, yeah. out of control, because this Vanessa thing is affecting the way that Kingpin is running his business. Yeah, and I always say throughout it, whenever you see Kingpin, the, the main thing that everybody says, uh, all of the other the criminals that are involved in these enterprises, is we make a lot of money while he's here. You know, as, as tough as he Which is. Which is why they want to keep him around, because want to keep him around he is... He an amazing businessman. Yeah, he keeps it he organized. Really he, yeah. keeps, he puts the organized in organized crime. Um, and Turk is there basically saying, look, I, I need a little job. I need something, anything at all. And the guy's like, go, just go away, Turk. I'm on the phone. And he says, hang on a second. I've got something for you. Um, he says, okay, Victor, the, the crazy guy, you hired Victor the psycho to do this? And, and I like this. It's like, he goes, yeah, I know he's cheap, but he's a psycho. <laughs> yeah. this is Wesley's trying to cut a few corners by yeah. getting the cheap guy. Um, and he says, okay, well, all right, I've got a job for you, Turk. You're going to run some pills to Victor. Victor phoned up and, and ordered some pills to stop his, uh, his shakes. And then there's a great bit. We cut over to uh, Victor and he says... Um, I hope they don't send me Turk. He still owes me seven dollars and twelve cents. I know it's so funny. Um, um, yeah, because he uh, he'd requested a, a fix. A, yeah, a, a stuff. he needed something to keep his yeah, mind he, he together his drug. for this job. And uh, so now we're back at his apartment where he's watching Cheryl, and he's t- he's talking about a dream that he's having uh-huh. about how he's on a horse and he's got a big sword and he gets shot down with arrows. Yeah, he sees himself as a knight saving saving yeah saving Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. And it, it, it's we get an image as it was a half the page, a close up on his face, and he just looks. Yeah, he has a, a horrible snarl. Oh on my his gosh, face. he looks terrible. He's but, smoking a cigarette. But he really believes what he's thinking. He really mm-hmm. believes that you know he was sent, you know he's sent here to protect Cheryl yeah. to do and everything. He, he, he says can. that he's going to kill anyone who tries yeah, to take her. Anybody. Yeah. So he's creating this this fantasy world in his mind where he's saving her. And anyone that tries to take her is going to be killed by him. He's going to be the knight in shining armor. Um, so we see we see Vanessa wake up. We we bounce over to Vanessa and we see Vanessa wake up. And Paul is there, and he says, and and Paul very uh, very quickly says, you know, I can see I've got a lot of work ahead of me. And he says, but this woman is my only weapon. This is the only way I'm going to survive. The only way I'm going to get Cheryl to survive as well. Yeah. Um, so we already see there's a, a little seed of... Uh, what a great way, though, for Kingpin to think about action. I mean, for the way he orchestrated this. Because yeah. if he would have just kidnapped him, it, it, he would have not... Had, he wouldn't have put his whole heart and everything yeah. into fixing Vanessa. The fact that he now has Paul's wife and is holding on to Cheryl, this forces Paul to give, give it his all, to yeah. put his heart into it, to try to do everything, because he knows one slip-up it's going to hurt Cheryl. He doesn't mm-hmm. care about himself. No. Paul, Paul doesn't. He doesn't want Cheryl hurt. And to protect Cheryl, he needed to... I don't know. It's, it's, it, the kingpin is genius. He really is. Yeah. Mean, but genius. But genius. He's a mean genius. Yeah. So then we, we see Turk walking through a pretty rain rainy uh, street, and he's heading to drop the pills off to Victor. And the whole way he's going in typical Turk style, he's, he's talking. He's talking yeah. and talking and talking. Uh, Daredevil's nowhere to be seen, but he's talking to Daredevil and he's saying, you know, I don't know where you are, but um, you, you, we should probably get together now. You know, we're pretty close. Um, we're partners, right? And he says, when, when are you going to talk about it now that we're partners? Because we're the Kingpin's using freelancers, so you and me are working together to, to fix this. Um, he gets to Victor's. 
And uh, Victor says, just give me the pills. And he says, uh, okay, but i got to use the can. Um, he walks in and, and Turk says, uh, is that the wife? That's some piece. And, and Victor instantly gets Oh, yeah. His, he's like, I, I, you know, I will kill people. Yeah, will, he's like, stay away from Cheryl. Yeah, and, and Daredevil, who was obviously following Turk and listening, mm-hmm. was perched up on the building or something, and he, and he heard the everything that was going on, and then yeah. he, he figures out the best time to let, um, let him know that he's there. Yeah. And he says something simple. What is he, he says, Victor, he goes, put he, the gun he, down. Yeah, Victor, put the gun down. And put, automatically, put down all Victor does is, is just pull the gun out and start shooting. Yeah. And we get an awesome image of Daredevil kind of springing through. Sorry, I hit the microphone. <laughs> He's springing through uh, the apartment. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's, the way it's drawn is, it's, it's crazy. It's yeah. cool though. Um, so Victor he, panics and jumps through the window yeah, to get he, away. Yeah, and he, all the while he's trying to keep he's trying to keep reality and the fantasy in his mind clear. And he's seeing himself as he starts seeing himself as the knight that's being chased away by this evil prince. The evil prince being dead or has come yeah. in to steal the the princess, and he's got to get away. So he he jumps, and he says, "You know, I'm going to break free on my white stallion," and falls out the window and lands in like a pile of trash. And then runs and he says, I'll come back for you, my queen. I'll come back. Um, Daredevil starts to give him, give chase. And he says, you know, you can't, you can't escape. Um, Victor fires three more bullets after he's fired three in the, the apartment. He fires three more and he says, you're out of bullets and I'm getting closer. He starts running towards him um, and he says, oh, he's, he's bleeding. And he scrambled down a manhole cover. Um, I'll be able to get him now. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll come down into the subway. I'll give him a block, and then I'll be able to catch him. But and while yeah, he jumps down there. A train goes by. Yeah, and it's too loud. And it's, it's one of those loud. classic, you know, Daredevil has to put his hands on his ears, yeah. and uh, he ends up losing Victor because of um, the noise. It it, it it screws with his senses a little bit. So yeah, so he so, loses him. Victor yeah. manages to crawl away. Yeah. And he's, the yeah. whole way he's talking in his mind about how. He's going to go back and save Cheryl, and he's got to. He's just got to get some pills to help him out. He's just got to get these pills. And, and the last panel on this page is a shot of Victor, and his face is, like, broken like glass. Yeah. And it kind of is a little symbolic, saying that, you know, Victor is continuously falling apart. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and uh, it's not going to be good for him. So we go across town back to Kingpin. We have the Kingpin. And this is a great two, page, yeah. because this is Kingpin sitting down doing business, and he's got two screens. On the right side, he has a screen... Or sorry, yeah. On the right side, he's got a screen of Vanessa um, and Paul. He's watching Paul, Doctor Vanessa, mm-hmm. and then on the left side, he's got a screen where he deals with his business associates. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't say associates. His the people that work for him. Yeah, and he's and, worked out that there's some someone's take, making a cut of money off of him. But, someone's ripping off the. But the, what's the, great the is business. is is over the course of this page, it's the exact same panel four times. It's just different images on the screens. Yeah, that was. Daredevil Kingpin smoking a cigar yeah. and he's basically bouncing between the two but what, screens. That, what's so great is while he's bouncing around, we're showing that this whole Vanessa thing is causing his business to fall apart. Yeah. And and but he's still handling it, but he's not focused. So he's telling these guys what to do, you know, you know, do the kill, do the kill, all this type of stuff. Um, you know, this is how we'll get our money back and everything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can just tell that his focus is like it's on Vanessa. Yeah. This is taking over his life. It's yeah. it's it's totally affecting the business side of, uh, of Kingpin for sure. Yeah. Um, we see, we go over to Victor. He's jumped onto a subway. He's bleeding and he's on a, he's on a train. He's trying to get to his sister's house. Uh, his sister, Stacy is a nurse and she has pills and she can help him because he's, he's hurt. And he says, Stacy's scared of me. And, uh, so are the people on this train. He actually says, uh, he says, so are these black people. And it's very, this is like a weird, 
racial thing that happens. I don't know. It always makes me uncomfortable when Frank Miller starts to to get into this world where it's um, he's 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 watching people and he's he has this kind of weird sense of not chivalry but like correctness, Victor, where he's talking about how. Uh, these two people on the train were kissing and he says he doesn't like that. He doesn't like that they're doing that. And then while he's looking, one of the, the, the women starts to look like Cheryl and then she turns back and he says, I've got to get out of it. I'm too weak. Um, he misses his stop and has to go back. He, the whole way he's narrating, he's sort of saying, you know, there's, I couldn't work out where to get off the train. I've got mm-hmm. to go this way. I've got to go that way. And then we get two pages of Daredevil picking up Cheryl and mm-hmm. getting Cheryl across town. He's taking Cheryl somewhere uh, safe. Yeah. And it's super cool saying Cheryl is dressed in this white gown. Yeah. And Daredevil is in red, and he's a demon carrying an angel is kind of the way that yeah. you see it. And uh, it's just the way that it's illustrated. It's it's very beautifully done, and he's running across some um, uh, rooftops. At one point, he jumps through the air and does a, f- a flips through it. And mean while this is happening... Daredevil is noticing that you know Cheryl is a very beautiful woman. Yeah, she's and, starting to wake up, and he feels that he says, yeah. "You know, at first I feel her tense up because she's scared, but then she starts to relax because she can feel that I'm good yeah. and that I'm here to help her." And she starts to lean into me, and I feel her he hands has to, around he, my muscles. He has and, to remind himself that she's a married woman, and yeah. <laughs> oh, Matt. <laughs> oh, Matt. Uh, so then now we we go to. Um, uh, to Victor's sister's house, mm-hmm. and he's gone inside. And I, I like the way that his sister treats her, or treats him. She's like, "Man, you're bum. You know, you come here all bleeding and everything. Yeah, here's your drugs. I'll give them to you." Yeah. And and he says, like, you know, oh, shut up and just give me the drugs. Leave me alone. And she, and because she's a nurse, she takes care of him. He's family, yeah. so she's fixing his wounds from the fight with Daredevil. And uh, he, this was he goes and grabs a knife and goes into the closet. Because he goes and sits in the closet because it's date night. It's, and he d- it's date he, night. He says, so, I know about your date. So literally, she's going to have a date come over and he's going to hide in the closet because he, sh- both of them, but specifically her, his sister does not want him to be around while the date's mm-hmm. there. It's just really kind of a weird situation. It is, yeah. She says, uh, he says, she says, uh, it, it, the, the, the whole back and forth basically he says uh you don't have to touch me so much and she says don't think i'm enjoying this when was the last time you washed jesus he says what's your language give me some pills the good kind he says pills sure but you can't use the closet i got a date tonight and he goes i know about your dates he picks up the knife and then he walks into the closet and, yeah, hides in the closet. and he starts taking the pills he and starts then- taking the pills and while he's doing that he's having a conversation with himself and there's a voice that he's got inside his head that's saying that he needs to hurt people and he's saying he says, oh, Cheryl, uh, Stacy called off her date. And he says, um, yeah, I know she's not like Cheryl. Cheryl's, a, Cheryl's good. Cheryl's a married woman. And he sees some of uh, Stacy's underwear in the closet, which starts to make him feel weird. He yeah. has a very tough time with human interaction and yeah, human contact. He does. And he's, he's, uh, he says, you know, he's, he needs to, he's, he's really popping the pills at this stage, which probably isn't helping him at all. And he says, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't keep my head straight, so I start to count inside my head. I count to 256,428. And then he's like, no, Cheryl's special. I can't have bad thoughts about Cheryl. I've got to stop having bad thoughts about Cheryl. And he says, um, and then he starts having this conversation where he's obviously having bad thoughts about Cheryl. He says, okay, well, I, I did think about that, but not the other stuff. I definitely do the other stuff. I will never, ever do the other stuff. And he starts shouting with himself. And that's when uh, Stacy comes in and says, it's four in the morning. Will you just be quiet? 
Will you keep it down? And he's just saying, shut up to her, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. No way to talk. And then he just becomes like a blur of rage-filled faces as Senkovich draws him as though he's just vibrating with anger yeah. and rage while he's shouting and he's holding this knife. And we don't really know if anything happens after that. It's ju- yeah. The implication is, though, that you, he attacks his sister. But You know what the moral of the story is? The moral is, if you need to hire somebody to do your dirty work... Mm-hmm. Spend a little extra money. Spend a little extra money, Wesley. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Cheaper. Get somebody who can actually do the job yeah. and is not psycho. <laughs> so then uh, we go back to Fisk Tower. We see and, the two screens again. Yeah, the two screens again. And um, uh, on the right screen, we see that um, uh, Vanessa's playing with blocks. On the left screen, uh, 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 Kingpin is talking to one of his hired, hired help. And the, the guy is telling Kingpin everything about how we found Turk tied up, mm-hmm. Daredevil uh, got away with, with Cheryl, we don't know where they're at, and Kingpin is simply like, find them both, uh, bring me Miss Monday, uh, Victor dies, that is all. Mm-hmm. It's like he's very like a brother, like, yeah. do this, do this, do this, and it's up to that guy, obviously, to you know make it happen. But on the, on the screen on the left, or on the right, we see that um, um, Vanessa, very childlike, is playing with blocks. She spelled out the word friend, yeah. misspelled it. But now we get we get a, a series where we find out that um, Kingpin is watching this whole thing and he's just admiring what Monday can do, his technique, how he can... Like, this is why he knows that he went out and got the best guy for it. Yeah. He's able to reach... Um, somehow reach Vanessa on this level that Kingpin could never do. Yeah. And... Um, and and he's amazed by how it's doing it. And then the key here is at the very bottom, um, uh, the, the doctor holds out holds up a, a cube that has an X on it. Mm-hmm. And then Vanessa goes, Shh, you know, mm-hmm. with, with like need to be quiet about this. So without saying it, something is kind of being planned yeah. a little bit. And Kingpin is a little bit oblivious to it because he's just more impressed with the fact that Vanessa is actually interacting. She's starting to communicate, communicate is, yeah. with him. Yeah, and he says that there's a moment when he first starts to to talk on on the screen with uh, with, uh, with Paul Monday. Um, he says, "Give me your report," and and the doctor says, um, "I'm not one of your hirelings. Fist, speak to me properly." Mm-hmm. That's a, a great little pushback bit there. Yeah. But then um, while while he's saying that, I think the reason he gets aware of it is that that Kingpin's actually distracted because he notices something he says it's, it's almost inconceivable but i think i saw her jump when she heard my voice and i think there's a look of fear there i don't understand but anyway here i'm watching him do his work now um matt of course has taken uh uh taken cheryl to his brownstone to his brownstone he's and this is kind of cool because matt is actually what he's doing is is he's building fisk tower out of uh, toothpicks. Yeah, and and he's almost doing it in a way so he can figure out how to break into Fist Tower, and yeah. it's just because he's like saying, "Well, there's no cameras on this side." Do you want? I wonder if this is something that Matt does. He must have a lot of free time on his hands <laughs> because I mean, the number one, he's blind. Number two, he, even though he's blind, he's making something out of toothpicks, and he's making a tower that's like like proportionately built perfectly to size. Yeah, and he's and he's it's making a scale model that's yeah, probably it's a, uh, it's like. I mean, I mean, it's probably three like feet tall, three or four at least. Feet, yeah, yeah. And he's, but yeah, like you said, he's basically working out how to how to break how in. to break in yeah. because he wants to rescue uh, Paul Monday. Uh-huh. And 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 Cheryl is there, and she and she's starting to wake up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and Matt is doing his very, you know, he's caressing her neck. He's he's just trying to make her feel like she is in a safe 
peaceful place. Yeah, she woke up and, and fell. She tried to move out of the bed and yeah. she fell. And he goes in and picks her up and says, you're okay, you're safe here. You've just got to learn. you just got to relax. You've got to stay here. I'm going to go and, and, and work this. And he's thinking in his mind, like, <laughs> like she's oh, hot. She's I, hot, yeah. yeah. Too bad she's married because, man, does she smell good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we go back to Victor. Victor's walking along and um, he's riding another train. Um he says he's going to go to the library and find out. This is this is kind of an impressive a bit of uh, detective work from from Victor. He's basically he's saying, right, I've got to I've got to find Daredevil. Daredevil's got Cheryl, so I've got to find her. So I'm going to go to the library and see where I can if I can figure out where he lives, which mm-hmm. is like this brilliant leap that no one no one even but, thinks like I'm just going to figure out where Daredevil lives. Right, but um, but obviously he can't figure that out because there's yeah. nothing in the papers about where he lives. But what he does decide is that he needs to get a lawyer. Yeah. And um, who who better to get you know who better to have lawyering? Yeah, than, he says uh, I've been reading. It's relax me. I need to get a lawyer. Yeah, uh, Nelson and Murdoch. So he decides he's going to go over to Foggy's house. Yeah. I believe he says I've given up on Cheryl, but these two lawyers keep coming up, and maybe they can help me. Um, we have one page. Uh, again, where the, the kingpin is watching the doctor work with Vanessa and she's trying to spell something and she's getting frustrated and, and she knocks the blocks over and he says, it's okay, it's okay, we can start over. You don't need to feel, you know, th- there's no pressure on you. If you need to communicate, you can. If you don't, don't worry, we can work on this. And and kingpin is admiring everything. Yeah, he's, he's, admiring he's watching it, it happen. He's like, wow. And we've noticed that Vanessa's starting to get a little close to Paul yeah. where they are hugging more and embracing yeah. and laughing and she's mm-hmm. smiling in his arms. And Fisk is just saying to, to him, to, to Kingpin, this is all part of how uh, Monday is yeah. know, doing his form of treatment. Yeah, and, and it's kind so of it's kind of well because it's basically just being nice to her yeah, and showing her and, affection. And, is, yeah. and he's like, this technique, I've never but seen he, anything but like this. But he doesn't this. feel threatened. No. The fact that Vanessa is in the arms of this no, other man No, because he knows smiling. that he has power yeah. over mm-hmm. her. So we, we see, we go back to Victor. Victor's walking, trying to find uh, Nelson and Murdoch, and he's completely losing touch. with he, Like, he, he's his sense of the real world yeah. is collapsing and, and he's and watching, he's, he thinks he can yeah. walk on Don't Walk, signs he gets hit by a cab and that's when he says, I'm, I'm going to a lawyer, I'm going to go and definitely speak to him because I just got hit by a cab. And, and it wasn't Foggy's house, he was actually going to the office. He's of going Nelson to the office of Nelson Murdoch. And, yeah. and when he gets there, Foggy is just leaving and, and, and waves yeah. and, and he goes, hey man, the office is closed because right now Victor is at the door trying to pick the lock, we assume. And uh, uh, Victor's like, just checking the locks and Foggy, you know, Chubby, he's drawn very chubby in this one. Yeah. Foggy's all. I wasn't like, sure if it was Foggy. On that, I, I, it's, 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 it's foggy. kind of implies, but he's, he's got a mustache. It's Foggy, it and uh, he's all <laughs> he's all like, oh, you know, like okay, well, all right, goodbye, goodbye. And, and then so Victor goes inside. Victor breaks in. He uses yeah. a, a, a skeleton key or a mm-hmm. uh, pick to get yeah. into the office, and he says, you know, I'm going to find out where they live. While he's doing that, a cleaning woman comes in to, yeah. to clean the offices, so he hides under the desk yeah. and he's listening to her and he says you know she's it's just a cleaning woman it's not cheryl doesn't even look like cheryl i've given up on cheryl i just i don't care about cheryl anymore and he's again the 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 red in his eyes is building and that kind of shaky stuff's going on and then suddenly we see that he's he's killed the cleaning woman yeah he it? pulls out the knife and, and kills her and yeah. there's blood everywhere it's all yeah. through his clothes and everything and then he reaches. He decides um, he's going to clean up. Yeah, a little I like bit. that. He's clean. He's cleaning up the person that he that he killed. Yeah, and then he says, oh, "Okay, I was looking for the the address of Nelson, so I can go and get him." I can't find that, but I hey, right here, he finds a card and he says, "Oh, there's all this red stuff over the yeah. card. I can't read where his address is." Yeah. 
Um, what was the other guy's name? And he's going through and he's like, Nelson and Milton Morris Monday. What was it? Oh, here it is. Murdoch. Murdoch. I've got his address. So, yeah. So he's going to head over to Matt's place now, which mm-hmm. is probably, you know, convenient considering how he's yeah. Daredevil and everything. But so anyway, so we go back to Matt's apart or Matt, back to Matt's house. Yeah. And Cheryl is Cheryl's there. just and lying in front t- of a roaring fire. A roaring fire. Yeah. Matt's making her a, a cup coffee. of tea, coffee or tea. And you can tell that she's getting more comfortable. Yeah. And, um, you know, she she starts to actually now start to talk to Matt. Yeah, she asks where her husband is, and he well, tells for, well, her. Well, the what... first thing is is he, she asks if she's a prisoner, mm-hmm. and Matt says, "Yes, you are a prisoner," mm-hmm. which I thought was an interesting take on it, like why he would say that you're a prisoner. But yeah, he says he says uh, he says I don't make any promises. I I don't tell her. I tell her everything that's. I just tell her straight out. Um, your husband's with the kingpin. I'm going to go get him, and she doesn't cry. She curls back on the couch and she's holding the cup in both her hands. The voice is strong. And then she asks me who I am. And I say, I'm a friend. Mm-hmm. And then he says, and I'm your prisoner. And he says, yes. So then we go back to uh, to Paul and, Paul Vanessa. and Vanessa. And at this point now, Vanessa has spelt or is trying to spell a word. And the, and the blocks that are on the table are the letters X, K, and A. Yeah. And... Um, you know, and, and Paul's like, oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, he's and, saying, go ahead, go ahead. And, and, and the Kingpin's watching Sam. What is it? What are you trying to yeah, say? Yeah, and what Wilson is Fisk is like, yeah, he's really wondering what is she trying to spell. Obviously, X K and A mm-hmm. does not spell anything. Um, then it's it's nights coming in, and we see Matt is preparing. He's got some rope, some wire cutters, some brass knuckles, and some tear gas, and a little kitten. And that's him saying, you know, I'm ready to go and do the the rescue mission. So right. it's almost time for me to go out. It's getting dark. And he says... Uh, he's, dr- he's dressed as Daredevil now. And, yeah. and um, uh, Cheryl says, you're leaving. He goes, yeah, I've got to go do some stuff. And and and, Dar- and Matt, she, he tells her, you know, you're going to be safe here. But just so you know your surroundings, yeah. you've got... Um, some some fire picks. You've got some. Uh, he goes. He basically says, "Don't yeah. trust anyone coming in. Yeah, do, do not open here. the door to don't anybody. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. I'll be mm-hmm. back in two hours with yeah. Paul." And he says, uh, "The fire is getting a little low. If you need yeah. to stoke it, there's a poker. There's a poker over there o'clock. at three o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So she knows that there's some stuff around. Mm-hmm. We go back to Vanessa spelling out the word S K A Y. X K A Y. X K A Y. Yeah. Yep. And um, and Paul's sitting next to Vanessa. They're working very slowly. She's starting to cry. She's starting to cry. Yeah. She looks up at the camera while Kingpin's watching, and he says, "You know, this is actually kind of it's it's nice. It's uh, um, he says how he coaxes her so softly, so surely. Then she looks at him for strength and stares at the camera at me with a frightened sob, a glance that holds regret." With a single child's block, she stabs me, she shatters me, and she spells oh. out X K A Y P escape. Escape, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, such an awesome moment. Yeah. And I love the fact that uh, Kingpin just gets like, it took he's him just that sucking long. sucking on cigar and he's and, just And it took at him it. that long, it, not until he got the P, because yeah. X K A Y. X K. X K. That's nothing. But when you add that yeah. P on there, whoo, yeah. doggy. Um, <laughs> so we go over to so, Matt so is breaking me, into. Real quick, so let me ask you. So escape. Is that referring more towards her wanting to get away from get him. away from him? Right, yeah. that's the way I took it. Okay, yeah. it wasn't anything to do with. Okay, I took it that way as well. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't. No, it's her, her. saying, "I want to be away. Yeah. I don't want to be here." Right. Yeah. Um, so we see Daredevil. He gets to to Fisk Tower, 
And he says, you know, when I read this, I thought this was a little bit odd. So, so he gets there and there's a, there's a guard dog. There's a Doberman. With yeah. A, and, with a and, and he starts barking at him. So, so the reason he had that kitten, remember? Yeah. So he takes the kitten and puts the kitten down in my whole, in my head. I'm thinking, dang, that's a little vicious. You know, when he says, he says to, to Cheryl says, um, anything, is anything going to happen to him? He says, no harm's going to come to I know, cat. but still, it seems kind of like, yeah. wow, so you're putting this little tiny kitten down. And what's interesting, Jamie, is so obviously the reason why he brought the kitty was so that way the dog would When would the dog the was scent. barking, the, 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 the dog guard would say, oh, you're barking at, at the, the cat, cat rather than me. But also, too, he brought a cat specifically because the cat, uh, once the dog got the scent of the cat, the dog would forget about Daredevil's yeah. scent. But who's going to say, like, Daredevil didn't know that the kitty cat would be okay. Yeah, <laughs> the dog could have went and killed the cat. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He doesn't. <laughs> it's know. one of those things where when a superhero says, "I promise," trust but, me. Yeah, you're going to be okay. I promise, nothing's going to happen yeah. to you. And then what happens ten minutes later? <laughs> Something happens. To Something you. <laughs> happens. Uh, he uses a grappling hook, and he's is, this is this is cool because the whole way he's going up, he says, uh, "I'm not happy with how I threw that." He's I like, should I should have, have run tested it. I should have tested yeah, the grappling this isn't, hook. This isn't Th- good. This is one of those. He doesn't have his uh, billy club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Th- this grappling hook is an actual like rope with a, a grappling the old-fashioned, hook. The old fashioned yeah. with it's got the what is it? The it's got uh, th- uh, three blades. Yeah, and you, you got to catch it on something. Mm-hmm. He says there's a little bit of a wobble there, um, so he starts climbing up. Then we go back to we we see the kingpin is watching, um, the still watching the the video of of Paul and Vanessa. Man, and, Paul is uh, awesome, Jamie. Paul is so awesome. Yeah. Now this is great. He, he, yeah. So so Vanessa falls into his arms and he's hugging her and calming her down. And then he looks into the camera and says, "Now, Monsieur Fix, Monsieur Fix, I can't say Fisk. Fisk. Thank you, Monsieur Kingpin of Crime. You have my wife and I. I have yours. That is so awesome. Yeah. And so Kingpin, cool. Kingpin's eyes look like um, Victor's in yeah. the next image, where you you get the impression that he's like he's a, starting to, the rage is yeah coming. the rage is coming yeah yeah. So we go back to the brownstone and Victor's there. He's he's pressing on the yeah, buzzer. Victor, bzz, yeah. Bzz, bzz, bzz. And um, Cheryl's nervous, so she gets the poker. She picks up the poker. She, or no, she's she's poking the fire, and she puts it back. And she walks towards the door, trying to listen to what's happening. He has a key. He has the skeleton key that he breaks into things with. But he shakes it so bad that he's starting to mm-hmm. to tremble as he's trying so to open the door. This and is she that can cla- hear this going on. Yeah, and this is the classic where they have two things going on, and they're showing you one bit. Yeah. like like they keep alternating the this one, this tension one, this one. The tension building. building up. And then now we see Daredevil. He's climbed part way up yeah. with the grappling hook and he knows that okay i've i need to go 62 flights and um i think he's only like he's at floor 60 and it's starting to shake it's 61 sh- 62 yeah. and he's, he's got to go a little higher than that he's, uh-huh. uh, he says it's uh, i'm pushing my luck this thing is really wobbling but i promise i'm at floor 63 the floor i want which would be great if it weren't for the cameras i had to avoid them by climbing the side with no windows 60 foot swing to the side to reach them it's suicide hook will never hold suicide but he's daredevil so he kicks away from the wall and swings around and what happens is when he starts to swing it's great he says i kick away from the wall maybe i pray maybe i don't go to church nearly often enough yeah. and while he's swinging the grappling hook falls and he oh, starts to he starts th- to plummet down page, he's stupid, stupid, is, stupid it's so awesome because the panel literally falls off the page yeah and then the 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 text uh daredevil the text goes where it stumbles stumbles down, down well. and then you have a shot of daredevil like like falling down like a, uh, like a rubber band being released yeah 
And then there's a little spot of blood, yeah. too, just to kind of show that something bad's going to happen. And Daredevil, in typical he Daredevil... He to grab a, a, a ledge yeah, and fall a, down. Yeah, a ledge. And then while he's on the ledge, he realizes that, um, because he hears Turk inside talking, right? Yeah. And he finds out that he's only like on like the 43rd floor or something. Yeah, he says, it's, so, uh, he says, it says I heard something outside, and someone says, Turk, we're 45 stories up. Mm-hmm. And he says, 45, that's 18 stories low. My arm's useless. He felt all the tendons pop and the shoulder dislocate. So he climbs up and he's sitting on the ledge and he thinks, okay, well, I can get in here and start to make my way up. Um, but he says, all I can hear is Turk whining and whining. It's starting <laughs> to get on my nerves. Um, and he, there, he pulls out his little knife and he decides that he's going to go inside yeah. of on uh, 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 story 45. So he goes through the window and uh, he, uh, or he you know, cuts a little hole, puts his arm through, yeah. unlocks the window, goes inside. While he's going inside, we, we have go, a match cut. Yeah, with a match cut where we've got Victor Victor's breaking, breaking, through, the breaking through the glass. He unlocks Daredevil's door because his, his master key wouldn't work. A match door. He goes inside and he cuts off the head. He says, it's, it says right in front of me is Cheryl. And he cuts the head off of one of the statues. And this was confusing to me was because at no so he wanted to kill Cheryl at this point, right? Mm-hmm. He, he, he did, what, did he think that Cheryl was the thing that was making him feel sick? Um, because I think, he was I so remember. infatuated with her and that now he's at the turning point where Cheryl now has to die. He's saying, I just want to talk to my lawyer. And he's starting to shake and he's like, I'm over Cheryl. I just want to talk to my lawyer because I got hit by this cab. And uh, I can't tell if Cheryl said something to him because he says there's no way to talk. Or maybe yeah. he's saying there's no way to talk to my lawyer by going through the door. Um, so Daredevil, and then you know we go to Cross Town again. Daredevil shows or goes inside, opens the door. Turk's in there. And Turk is 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 basically a janitor. A janitor now, at this point. And, and man, and look and how and this tall is great. They, they drew Daredevil. Daredevil is like at least three feet tall. At least three. Feet, yeah. And this is great. You Turk in typical Turk style says, you know, oh, I got the job. I'm now the undercover man. I'm working with you still, eh, buddy? I'm yeah, here, hey, eh? buddy. Hey, pal. Yeah, you know, and I can tell you, I can tell you where the doctor is. I know everything. And uh, they go up in an elevator, and he's uh, they're going up. He says, uh, he says the elevator's stopping on level fifty. See, there's a security check, and see the new guy up there. He likes to shoot. And he says, okay, well, um, what is it? he says? He says you think you might let me get clear. And he says, okay, let me do the talking. I'll do the talking. And then he goes inside, and, he, and in typical Turk fashion, he's like, Daredevil's behind opens, me, Daredevil's yeah. behind me. So Daredevil. he gets the gun and just starts shooting in Daredevil's direction, right? And, the, and yeah, obviously, he shoots into the elevator. And Daredevil's already on top of the elevator yeah. at this point, so he doesn't end up getting hit. The guy says, Turk, you schmuck, is empty. And, and he then says, keep shooting, keep man. Shooting. He can turn himself invisible. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go back to Fist Tower, and now we've got the two screens again. Yeah. But this time, we can we can tell. Now, remember. The business we, side on the left the business has side a man's the, face in there yeah. saying, break in, boss. Turk says it's Daredevil. Boss, do you copy? And the Kingpin, right side. Yeah, the screen has been cr- like broken, smashed in, mm-hmm. smoke coming out of the screen. And just like when Kingpin was screaming at the beginning, like he is just not himself. He is just completely out of character. And the fact that he broke that screen we know that he's defeated yeah. and he also says he, he no has longer this, has, he has control a, a, like a, a pendant which has vanessa's His face in it, face in it and, and he ended up cracking it i think when he well. broke the desk yeah. on accident yeah and we, got, and we see we see a bit of the room and that's it, just it's it, destroyed it's the destroyed this destroyed. is such an awesome image and you've got kingpin like a child on the ground holding on to his uh the crystal pendant. the crystal pendant feeling like a little baby yeah and he literally is defeated um uh, paul monday won yeah 
And uh, we bounce over to our friend Victor. Yeah. Oh, and Victor has gotten really uh, like I feel so bad for uh, for Cheryl here, but so obviously Cheryl's blind, so she can't see. But yeah. So Victor is chasing Victor's moving her around, with, and he's basically saying, "I can smell Cheryl here." Yeah. That's weird because I could all I could smell before was eggs. I could smell egg salad. Yeah. Now I can smell Cheryl. And he says, "No, that can't be right. There's, there's the pills. It's not. I'm 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 here to speak to my attorney. I've got to just smell eggs. I can't smell Cheryl. I can't smell that. And then he sees her hiding behind a curtain." And he basically thrusts the the knife at her, and she yeah. manages to avoid it just slightly. And uh, he gets tangled up in the curtain, so she runs. And while she's running, he grabs her nightgown. She falls to the ground, and he starts to climb on top of her. Yeah. And it's he's talking about it's he's holding the knife above her like he wants to kill her, but he's like everything is highly sexualized in his mind. So he's talking about how he hates the way she's moving. He's now switched completely where he hates her, and he's like, I can feel her yeah. moving. It's a sexual way of moving. It's the wrong way. She's bad. I can tell she's bad. I've got to kill her now. So he she's calling me names, and it doesn't make sense. It sounds like French, but it's no way he, to talk. Yeah, and he takes his knife, and he puts it up in the air, and he's going to bring it down and stab yeah. her. But at that moment, Cheryl reaches over because she's close to the uh, fireplace, yeah. grabs a fire poker, mm-hmm. and stabs. And she swings it at him, and he kind of leans back enough, and then she manages to swing back, and she... Hits him in the side of the head, which sends him kind of crashing to the ground. They've switched places now where she's climbed on top of him and she's holding the fire poker up. And he's he's she talking brutal, about how much she brutally kills him. Yeah, she, right she, he's basically saying, Oh, uh, you know, I, I realize now I can see you're beautiful. I'm really sorry. Um, I love you. Yeah, and she like, holds up the, the poker. It, it's and not just, just, yeah, it's not a, it's not a, it's first a stab in, no. in the chest, then knocks the knife out, then scrapes it across his chest again. And then hits him in the face, mm-hmm. and then he gets on top. She gets on top of him in the exact same position that he was on top of her. Yeah. And she and he had the knife up in the air. She's got the poker up in the air. Yeah. And then she goes down, and you can look in her face. She's crying because she's blind. She doesn't know what the heck is going on, but she knows that he's a threat. Yeah. So then, so that's when she takes it and, and shoves it down and kills him. And on the very next page, you have a um, you have a splash page of. Victor running off into the sunset as a knight because he's dead. But mm-hmm. like, remember that was kind of the story at the beginning. In his he mind, that was the story. He, he had a big sword. He was on a queen. horse. Yeah. He was going to save the queen. Yeah. And so you get him going off into the sunset after he dies. Very some. It's 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 crazy. It's so intense. But uh, you, you you guys need to read it. Yeah, yeah. Then the last two we have the last two pages, which is a nice wrap up, and we see Matt is there. And he says, you know, I, looking back on it, it seems stupid now. I basically climbed an elevator cable foot by foot with a with a, uh, a dislocated shoulder, pain. And I got to level, uh, he says, uh, um, I was arguing my lungs out. out of a, I was arguing my lungs out of a break at level 62. We got up to where I needed to get to. I couldn't hear a heartbeat in the hallway, but I wasn't fooled. I knew the walls were soundproof. There was probably an army waiting for me. So I threw a canister of tear gas in and it's empty. There was nothing there. Everyone was gone, and I basically managed to walk out the building with Paul. Um, and he walks out with Paul and Vanessa. Vanessa goes with Paul. They leave and fly to Europe, and yeah. no one stops them. And, Cher- and, and, and Cheryl's, Sh- Cheryl's yeah. with them. Yeah, all yeah. three of them go and off. And the cat and the little kitten. And the, yeah, there you go. See, there we go. So, yeah. is it, so Daredevil was right. He made a promise. And he says that you know, in, in Paul's wallet, there is a blank check in a bottomless bank account to pay for Vanessa's treatment. Another account and a new identity await her in Europe. The kingpin will never see his wife again. 
and I will pray for him. Isn't it insane though that the kingpin is now like he realizes he lost, and he and you know he has his little tantrum. He gives it up, and he Mm -hmm. knows that Vanessa is better off with Paul, and that Paul can make her better. So that's why he's okay with him with her leaving with Paul. Yeah. Um, And the last page is it's 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 the exact same thing that Daredevil said in the or sorry the same thing that Kingpin said at the beginning where he's talking about like I have everything, I'm in control. I got the world. Yeah, there's no caveat in this one. He basically says, I have everything I desired. Dot, dot, dot. And then dot, dot, dot. Yeah, so, so that's you can the see the little it. crystal as the only thing on there. But there, 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 this is very subtle. You can see there is a little bit of like, almost like he's trying not to cry in his eyes, the kingpin in that image. Yeah. Like the, the in the first one, it was so... The first image of him, you see that big, big image. Well, you don't even see it. You see his back, you know, but you see... When you see him all the way through, you see him as someone who's very in control to someone who gets full of rage. And then mm-hmm. this one is just him like this. Even though he's this huge presence, he's completely in control. His face is so sad looking in that last image. So did you feel like we needed anything else at the end of that? Did you feel like it could have been a couple more pages? Did no, you, I felt th- like it was a contained enough story. It was? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I did think you want to know what happened to the cat? No, I thought it would have been life. You get a one page sum up where Daredevil talks about how he went up there Mm -hmm. and he was gone. Mm -hmm. I thought it would have been kind of nice to actually see that, to actually see Daredevil go up there and realize that they had already left. And then he actually goes and sees Kingpin on the ground like a baby crying. And then Daredevil just walks away because he's like, oh, well, I guess I won. And then walks away and leaves. I thought a moment, you didn't, uh, this whole Daredevil and Kingpin never interact, which I like. And I wanted to keep it that way, but it would have been kind of cool if Daredevil would have actually seen Kingpin and not, and then just seen that hit (laughs) one and then, and then went away. I thought that would have been kind of fun. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, that's that one. That's uh, yeah. over. More. Overall, it's a very fun read. The art it's is the, beautiful. Yeah, the art is it's very abstract. So yeah. it's definitely an acquired. Or you have to have an acquired taste for it too, because it may not be. If you if you look, you know, forward to if you like art that's more like superheroes that are muscly and and you know mm-hmm. that this is a lot different than Singovich that. Singovich is really a lot more. I mean, he started out doing. I can't even remember which issues he started on, but he did. He did Moon Knight. He did. A, I, I. I think he's done a, a things that Daredevils appeared in, but maybe not in the main Daredevil book. I'll have yeah. to look into that. But um, uh, New Mutants, and he started to get a little more experimental and and try to do new things with the artwork. And and he is. I mean, he does this and Electra Assassin, and I think those are the except for. Some inking work, maybe on the death of Daredevil. Does it, oh no, maybe he does all of the the artwork on that, the last days of Daredevil, or whatever that series is called. But he doesn't do much in the main book, but the Electra Assassin series that, that that comes out either around this time or a little while after that, that was um, an eight issue miniseries that we'll probably cover at some stage because even though it's Electra, it does mention Matt very briefly. I don't think Daredevil's in a book, but Matt definitely is. Um, but yeah, he's. I really like his artwork. I really, I love what he does, and I love that it's somehow, um, it 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 strides between the absurdism of like mm-hmm. superheroes, where the the heroes are very exaggerated and very muscular and very big and very tall and and. Ex- 
expanded versions of himself. And it's kind of like the, the way the kingpin is drawn is like something that fills his entire mm -hmm. world. Like every panel he's in is pretty much all him. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the, the, the more abstract stuff that comes into it is really beautiful. But I like him. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely <coughs> fun. And it fits for this story perfectly. Yeah. Specifically because of Victor. Yeah, that, that sense of losing... Uh, touch with reality, yeah, and yeah, the colla and and the use of negative space is beautiful in the book. Da Daredevil so. himself is probably only in like it's probably six pages, yeah. or he's not in very much. It no. really is a Kingpin and Victor story, yeah, yeah, and the cat and the cat, <clears throat> whatever, Jamie. <laughs> <clears throat> I know, right? So that was 1986. We're gonna bounce way ahead to a book that I personally have theories about when this takes place and it is it doesn't take place <laughs> it doesn't, um, yeah trying to fit this so into I, the the main daredevil the, story is nearly impossible because uh in terms of chronology it feels like it fits in just after issue 191 ish mm -hmm. one um but in terms of um when it came out it was like 1990 i think it was one of the the last things that that um, Frank Miller. Frank Miller did before he did the Man Without Fear miniseries and then he cut all ties with it. But to me, this book feels like it's Frank Miller basically saying, look, this was my Daredevil. This is all the stuff associated with my Daredevil. This is my character, Electra. It's done. Stop trying to tell stories of it. I'm putting it away. <clears throat> the book is uh, Electra Lives Again, graphic novel. Which... And this is from a different uh, different print company, right? Yeah, this is Epic. Epic was a, uh, a mature line that came out, mm -hmm. um, which also did the Electro Assassin miniseries, I think. Um, so Frank Miller not only writes this, he also illustrates it as well. He does everything except, except for, for color. color. He does not color. Jim Novak does lettering, which yeah. I think has been the, the consistent letterer for Frank Miller for his Daredevil stuff. And Lynn Var Varley uh, is the colorist who... It's beautiful color. It's like mm -hmm. a watercolor in, a kind of washed-out watercolor. I feel like Frank Miller's art is hard to color. Yeah. So uh, you have to give major props to whoever does it because um, it, uh, just a lot of his... Um, I think Lynn and him were married. I think, oh, really? One stage. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of his art, especially in this book, because this looks a lot more like... This is like the Sin City art. This, this is, is a, this is Sin City art and uh, it, three, the 300 right. kind of it, it's not It's not the art that we saw when, when he first started with Daredevil. Yeah. That's much more polished. It's much more... I don't want to say complete, but... Um, it's well here i'll say it like this so this artwork um when he draws a person's body he doesn't always finish all the lines yeah like there'll be gaps in space and that's why i feel like um this is it's hard playing to... around this is like post um uh dark knight rises or dark knight strikes again strikes again yeah yeah it's just it's not it's not it, it's tough to color that's why i wanted yeah. to you know yeah so there's uh it's and this is also we get all of the um the the very heavy text that he starts to use yes. in like Dark Knight. Yes, I know. Returns. What is it called? Dark Knight Returns, right? Yeah. Dark Knight Strikes Again. No, Dark Knight Returns. The first one. Yeah. Yeah, but the second one's got way more. Yeah, <sighs> but it's that whole thing of like lots of little panels and then lots yeah. of text next to it. And um, it's we're told it's Monday, April first, but we have no sense of the year. But like I said, I think it's around the time when Electra has just died. Yeah, she just died in New York. It, it, it starts out where. Where uh, Matt is going to church to do a confession, yeah, and he confessed to the to the which is very heavily a Frank Miller thing, you know that whole he really leaned into the Catholic yeah. guilt side of. of, of I, I do want to say though, I was a this this type of art. Like I know not everyone is a fan of yeah. uh, Frank Miller's art, but he does a great job in this book about drawing the establishing location shots. Yeah, and and not just the 
the angles that he chooses, I feel are very for for those specific things for the um, establishing mm-hmm. shots. I really like the angles that he chooses because they're not all just straight on. He's good at he's good at perspective in here. Yeah, and you don't you didn't see a lot of that with his first uh, his first run in Daredevil, mm-hmm. messing around with the perspective a lot. There was a little bit, but yeah. this is all about that. There's a yeah. lot of stuff where the, where the theoretical camera is up high, is down low, yeah. moving around. It's got it, it, it. He does a great job of that, and he actually does a lot of detail on the backgrounds. Yeah, this one he is really all does. about this. He's in church, so it's like almost completely black backgrounds, except for these hugely stained glass, stained glass yeah. uh, windows that are lighting up everything and it's you know it's it's very heavy-handed symbolism but it's him talking about how he's you know he's he's he goes over the whole thing that he tells about, his entire daredevil he, electra story exactly and it does it over like four pages yeah and the and the priest wants more specifics yeah but uh, he doesn't want to go into it no, because he's, he's saying not, he's been having these dreams yeah and he doesn't want to go into the details of the dreams. yeah he's not emotionally ready to go yeah. into the details but no that's and that's uh, that's uh monday so Tuesday, we we see it's a very it's like a snow scattered, uh, a dirty snowy uh, New York scene, and this is cut up with um, Daredevil in bed he's tossing the in the sheets. Mm-hmm. So this is w- the first dream that he was talking about with yeah. the priest. Yeah, and the dream is basically he's dreaming of Electra. Electra um, is throwing away the sword, but she still has blood on her hands, and he says, you know, he did, he didn't tell the priest about the worst part of the dream, the dream that scared that that. He, that has been really affecting him which is that she's running through a forest Electra's running through a forest she's chained um she has like uh, uh cuffs on and her legs are, have got chains on manacles and as she's running she's falling she can hear people coming and she starts to see she's falling through the snow and she can see them it's all of the people that she's killed as an assassin she's she's being chased by her her demons who are chasing after her, and he says, you know, there's incredible detail to to one of them, how some of them are walking, how it's all dependent on how they were killed, and some of them have parts missing, some of them are carrying their heads. And it's like this really kind of horrific, nightmarish thing of of the only thing that has color is her, yeah, her she, red outfit. Yeah, everything else everything is gray else is like and blue. Yeah. yeah, washed out look yeah, to it. Yeah, gray and blue. And they end up catching up. It, they it, catch her. They says they, that the, first, the, yeah. the one that always catches her is this character called uh, Jean-Marc Guillon, who was a French. Um, he was a he was a, a target that she killed in Paris. He was on the run from the Paris police, and she killed him by taking his own stiletto dagger and putting he, it through his eye. And like, we see him he's into got his an brain. Eye and yeah, like all these creatures. Are, I, I should say creatures. They're humans, but all yeah. these these dead zombies people are chasing Electra and mm-hmm. they look the way that they looked after she was done killing them. Yeah. And some of them, like Jamie said, are pretty disfigured. And so he catches up to Electra and and is starts to, I guess, cut her eye out the same way that that uh, sh- she had stabbed him in the eye. Yeah. And everyone else is kind of watching. They're trying to catch they catch up and they, one of them the, says he has no imagination and he's gonna do worse things. Yeah. There's people there that are just like they don't even she, did, she can't even remember who they are and she killed them and, and then, it, then suddenly the dream kind of shifts to and i couldn't is i couldn't tell if this was her or someone else but there's like a i think it's her it's electra that's being consumed almost by the snakes of the hand no that's i think that's matt oh okay isn't it i thought it was her i thought it was a really weird picture of her um because she has very red lips it's very hard to tell but it's like a yeah. character who has like a a a, th- a crown of thorns and snakes are surrounding her and it's a ritual 
Um, and it's about the people that are going to work for the hand being brought to the scent, to the edge of death. And then they're sort of given a rebirth so, and a new name. Yeah, so and that's where Matt wakes up. So pretty much, yeah, these dreams that he's having are what he believes is happening to Electra if she's alive or in the afterlife, right? Yeah, it's kind of like a, it, like where her soul went. Is. Yeah, and he feels bad about it because obviously you know, mm-hmm. she's not in a happy place. She's not jumping around on clouds. Mm-hmm. So um, it, these are nightmares, and it's stressing him out. Mm-hmm. And then so um, while he's having these nightmares, they wake him up, and he decides, you know what, maybe it's better to not even sleep. So Matt goes and he plays piano. Mm-hmm. But then when he starts playing piano, like the sound of the keys and everything, it's starting to remind him of, Another dream of like a drum being played and yeah, going back into back to the the hand the uh, hand thing ceremony yeah. thing. So so Matt is just terrible. I mean the way that he's Frank Miller draws him like he is just he's got a five o'clock shadow. He got the biggest bags under his eyes. Yeah. He's like scrunched over, bad posture. These dreams are really really affecting him. Yeah, and, and he's and, thinking back to how Electra died, how she mm-hmm. was bleeding out on his step and. And yeah. he's talking about how you know how he could hear every like her, the way her lungs were filling with blood. He could hear all the detail there, and how it really has hit him. And then we cut to Saturday, April sixth, mm-hmm. and um, the, the scenery in this book is beautiful. Uh, like the, the that's what I was saying. So yeah, incredible. he does such a great job on on yeah. all those. And we have one panel where, or it's actually a full page, I guess, a splash where we see several mats going downstairs from his bed because he lives in a multiple story. Um, yeah, in the brownstone. A brownstone, and it's just so cool, like the way that Frank Miller illustrated this. Mm-hmm. You, you should definitely check it out just for that. The yeah. story gets a little kooky in some parts, <laughs> but but checking it out for that, it's it's really cool. So, yeah. so anyway, so on Saturday, April sixth, um, again he has the dream. He has the dream, has the dream and of. The, it's um, police officers. A police now. officer is beating Electra uh, to death, and yeah, it wakes it, him up. Uh-huh. And this is cool. He actually this this kind of dates it a little bit. But again, I I really do stand by this. I don't think this book takes place in 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 linear uh, chronology in mm-hmm. the in the series. I think this is like Frank Miller's version of what would happen afterwards. Yeah. So he he phones up Karen, and it's the the page where he's speaking to Karen on the phone is beautiful because yes. he's it's like his own apartment has these stained glass windows now, mm-hmm. but they're very simple. I can't remember the artist's name, but like those blocks of color, and it's just a yeah. series of blocks of color. And the conversation that he has with Karen is something yeah. that somebody. Uh, who m- misses an ex girlfriend or, or, or ex boyfriend would call and be like, "Hey, yeah, uh, how's he's it going? To do a booty call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you doing? I don't know. I thought maybe you'd want to get together. If not, it's say, cool. You know, it's fine. That place we, that, we don't have to, but yeah, we can go that over cabin there. Cabin we could go to. And ultimately, she like ends a, up turning him down. Yeah, and he says he can hear that she's at a pie. It's, yeah. Uh, it says, um, you know, he says, "How's LA going? Are you having fun?" And she says, "Oh, you're working in educational films. That's great." <laughs> um, and he says, "Okay, well." You know, if you wanted to, I could send you a ticket. We could meet up in Vermont, and then uh, and then he says, "Are you all right? You sound funny." And he says, "No, no, I didn't mean anything." No, and he says, "Okay, all right, sure. I've I've still got your number if I need to call." And then the conversation ends. So, so, so it, that that dates it to obviously post one fifty ish or whenever yeah. Karen left and pre born again. So right. it's like that. And uh, we don't know what the educational films thing is. So. <laughs> we don't. Uh, we so have a- an idea. A- April 6th ends up ending with Matt. He goes down to the basement. Yeah, he goes to the basement and he's, and he's working out because that's the way he yeah. clears his head. And then the next day is Sunday, April 7th, and he, and he has another dream. And this dream is he's walking. Well, this is, we don't know if it is or isn't. That's the weird thing about this. Well, this is where it starts the, to slip but away. But the way that the Frank Miller draws it makes it seem like it is very yeah. much a dream. He, he, he takes orchids to um, Electra's grave. Right. 
And as he's walking th- uh, through the graveyard, um, there's a whole bunch of like uh, crosses all across the ground. They're yeah. kind of all over the place. Yeah, so just we, tons of crosses that are just and like, it's snowy covered. It's, so there's like yeah. very it's, again, it's a very negative space. And, and he goes to Electra's grave, and he sees he, it's rather than the gravestone. Uh-huh. It's at first he sees her kneeling there, but it's just her I think gravestone. it's him imagining her yeah. as the gravestone kind of thing. And he says, you know, I did. I it, he says while he's walking there, the first flower he ever gave her was a rose. And he said it, it was weeks before I found out that she hated roses. And then he lays the, the, ro- the orchids, uh, the, the gravestone. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess you're right. Maybe it wasn't a dream, but it's yeah. the way it's that kind Frank- of him. He's at this stage, he's probably sleep deprived. So he's kind yeah, of doing I mean, that thing where he's losing. Touch yeah. You're, you're probably right. Well, anyways, that night it's still Sunday, April 7th. Uh, he goes and has a one night stand, with it's Monday. It's now moved to Monday. Oh, he's, oh, Monday. He talks about how he saw someone die when he was very young. Oh, it's okay, a couple yeah. of like, uh, like. Um, oh, I think I. Oh, you're right. I, uh, I mistake. I missed a page. Sorry, ah. I'm going off of. I took pictures of the book because we only have ah, one copy. Okay, yeah. And I missed a page. Yeah. So he so, he's he go he's at work on Monday and he meets a woman who's talking about. Uh, he's he's working for this woman called um, Alice Courtney, um, and she's it, it it's she's talking about. How her husband has the uh, the rights to the two uh, what do you call them the parental rights parental rights yeah he's yeah. so he's taking the parental rights to the kids and she's saying I just I need something I don't I'm not after money I just want the kids back and while she's telling the stories he Matt's remembering a story about a um, a fight that he saw in a bakery shop a bunk, uh, between two friends uh, who had got a little bit drunk and messing around one of them fell through the window one of them was pushed through the window. Um, and a piece of glass six inches long went into his chest and they were putting the wax paper from the bakery on the chest while they were waiting for help. And he said, you know, all I could hear was this horrible sucking sound and it's all I can think about while this woman's telling a story. So it's just like this horrible written off this woman. There's like a mm-hmm. complete coldness to Matt at this stage. And, um, you know, he says, uh, he says, you know, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. Um, he says, perhaps you should go home. And she says, I'd rather have a drink. And, he, and, and Matt is just like, just completely, um, not disinterested, but he's like going through the motions at this mm-hmm. stage. And there's no emotional attachment at all. He, I think it's just like, he doesn't want to be alone. So right. they go out for a drink. They go for a walk. They go back to his place. Um, and he says, it, he, they end up sleeping together. And he says, it was a sad thing. Not like love at all. More like waxed paper. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. And yeah. then... And um, Frank Miller on this page, though, man, the, look at the like this. The scenery is yeah. so cool. Oh, it's and, beautiful. And yeah, we have a very high shot of her in the bed and, and yeah. Matt looking out the window. He steps out on the balcony. You see, like the, the it looks like the ocean, some type of water yeah, behind it must him. Be, uh, maybe it's her place, but I, I don't know. And then he basically Ma- wakes up and he just he's, he's talking about how he can smell Electra mm-hmm. after I can smell her sweat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then he ends up jumping off of the balcony. He's just in his tighty whities. Yeah, and he just up, jumps and runs across like the, power lines. Yeah, and, it's like this is how he feels alive. Is yeah. and he's talking about how much he loves her and he finds himself back at Electra's gravestone and now this is a dream now this again I don't know that's it's the so confused maybe what it is Jamie is maybe that he's he's kind of being like uh, old Victor from the last graphic yeah. novel where he's starting to get crazy and his reality and his dreaming are getting yeah. mixed up he's daydreaming but he visually sees it maybe I yeah. don't know. and also because this is Frank Miller putting yeah. away his, his toys it's yeah. effectively him saying like you know I, this is the story I'm going to tell and mm-hmm. come along with me. But 
it doesn't have to mean it doesn't have to be grounded in the reality right. of a superhero story right. which sounds like an absurd comment but so he, go, he goes to the gravestone and he's still in just his underwear and he says you know i can it's it's cold the stone is cold i'm at a grave i'm not alone um but he said he says it's just a dream and this is the thing i think he's convincing himself it's a dream but it's actually reality um and then what happens is that there's a, a bunch of incredibly i love this because it's it's hand ninjas appear uh -huh. but they're all dressed in white so they're kind of yeah. hidden in the snow uh, yeah and then we, and they're we, coming out and they basically say tell us where electra's body is mm -hmm. And so, attacking him. So Matt does it like Matt fights back. Matt fights back and he's just kind of like, you know, like he's, he's kind of casual because he yeah, doesn't even think it's real. Yeah, he's dodging them, but he's yeah. not really fighting back. And then all of a sudden, he Electra, says there's something warm just below the snow. Yeah. And then Electra pops up like she's yeah. been hiding there. Um, and then she ends up, there's several pages of she, this. She just goes, some great fight sequences here yeah. where Electra like chops one of the hand in, in half and. And now they're kind of she's just fighting and taking care of everybody. She and pretty much takes she, out all of them. all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the very in complete end, silence as well. Yeah, and we're left with Matt and Electra. They're staring at each other, and then Electra takes a, a poisoned ninja star uh -huh. and throws it at Matt, and it catches and she and he catches it, but it ended up cutting him when he caught it, yeah. and then it, which causes him to pass out, and then that's when he wakes up from the dream. Yeah. So see, I think it was a dream. But then he's got a bandage on his hand. On the next page, oh, that's a good point. Which is Dang. April, April fourth, no, April 9th. 9th. April Thank 9th, you. Yeah. yeah, that's a weird night. I know it's a weird looking night. Theory me. Um, <laughs> so he's April 9th. Sorry, uh, he wakes up and has an amazing shower. I'd love to have that in my house. Yeah, he has an incredible bath. bath. And he says, yeah. he even says, like when I first the contractor, I made him miserable by yeah, having this, this <laughs> requested bath this bath and shower yeah. put in. And it's him. He's basically like, you know, he's saying. This is actually really interesting because he's basically saying, I don't, I never do drugs. I never do stimulants of any kind because they affect me in a really weird way just because of my senses, which but, is kind of cool because we know that he's like, a, he doesn't drink, he doesn't mm -hmm. do all of this stuff. Um, and he says, but this time I really just, I'm, I'm falling apart and I can't tell you know, so, what's so, real and what's not real. So he took a real. sleeping pill. So he takes some Valium, I think. Yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. He says, uh, um, he says, you know, I get clean. Uh, an overall house guest left behind a bottle of Valium the last time she stayed here. I take one. And then he, he sort of sinks into the bath. And while he's doing that, he's just thinking. Um, and then she, and then he falls asleep yeah. while he's in the bathtub. And then he gets awakened by a ring. Although he's not really getting awakened by a ring. He's dreaming the ring. Yeah. And so he's, he's talking about, he's basically saying like the Electra is, a, he says, okay, what, what is real then? Is, is the hand after me, is Electra still alive? He says, no, I, I, I heard her die. I knew everything that died. Um, and he says, but what is going on? What what was the dream? Was Electra really, are the hand trying to get me? Are the hand trying to get her? I, uh, the, the mightiest warrior they had, she killed him, and they, they need to kill her to get the next mightiest warrior back. But who do they get to kill her? It has to be like this process of right. warrior killing warrior. And what was the name of the warrior that she killed? Um, Kariji. And then he says, okay, but the person who killed her now, are they going to go after him so that they can bring her back because the person who killed her is around? And he says, well, hang on. So they were saying that they have to find the one who has killed her and the one who killed her was Bullseye. Um, and I know where Bullseye is. So is a hand going to go and kill Bullseye? And then he has this moment where he kind of smirks and says, you know, that breaks my heart just thinking about it. Um, and he says, okay, I, I'm just overthinking this. I really need to go to sleep. Um, you know, I don't even care. I don't think the hand are really coming. They're not going against anything. They're not going. I know Electra's dead. 
And then the phone does ring and it's foggy and foggy has news. <laughs> but, but, but this is all a dream. No, this is, well, this is Frank Miller's dream. Yeah, it's it's a this whole sequence that follows on Wednesday. Well, that's April it. This 10th is, is a it's dream. real. I don't know. It seems it's like really, it's a dream to me. It's well, that's it. That's the whole point of this book is what is real. Yeah, or what okay, is, I guess so. Yeah, if you, if I guess you take so. this as being Frank Miller's, I mean, it, that's the thing is that Bullseye is in jail, but he isn't crippled, and we know he was crippled by Daredevil at the end of, you know, he yeah. had his spine broken. He had mm-hmm. the, he was in cast, so we know. At some stage, this stops being the story that he was telling in the comic and becomes its own thing. And it's like, is it a standalone story? Is it a dream? Is it real? What part is it? So basically what happens is um, Bullseye's in jail. Um, Betty Beatty is his therapist, who is, uh, of course, um, uh, Marvin Potter's paramour mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, helper. Um, and he's basically... Uh, he's been told that he has a five million dollar advancement on the on his autobiography, so he's telling the story. Right. So he's in jail and he's talking, and a guy comes to visit him, and uh, he says like while he's doing it, he's he's handcuffed to the table, he's chained, everything's like he can't move around, and he's drinking orange juice. He actually, he actually gets an orange. He gets a seed, seed, spits, and kills a cockroach. Kills a cockroach, and, and, and he find he finds out that he's gonna get killed. Yeah, he's in there, and he says and at ten thirty seven, a representative from Nihon Films arrives several minutes early. Introductions are made, and the guards are dismissed. And it's so it's so funny because. He, he, you know, right before he ends up getting, he gets killed by being stabbed in the back of the head or the back of the neck with a pen. With a pen, yeah. And right before that happens, uh, he's quickly drinking orange juice, trying yeah. to find another seed so he can seed. spit it to to kill or to kill the guy before he can kill him. Yeah, the representative is uh, it, Bullseye looks at him and says, "You're not a writer," and he says, "No, I'm a killer." And then he says that Bullseye seems agitated; something's going wrong. Um, the representative punches Bet. Betty, mm-hmm. um, Betsy, in the in the face, and she falls unconscious, and that's when he starts sucking the juice. And while he's doing that, the, his last words are "No more seeds," and then he's stabbed in the the head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see Matt goes to the morgue yeah, to and, see the body, and he and he decides to be the. Now, why did he go again? Like, why? Matt? I don't know. I think he just he was called to. They they said like this guy who you last... had trouble with, um, and he he just says, "I want to see the body." So he yeah. goes. And he even says that he, he knows it's a bad idea. He shouldn't be here. And while he's there, he's thinking back to the television fight where they fought in the TV studio back in the 140s. Yeah, and he's also thinking about, simultaneously, he's thinking about the time when Electra was killed, too. Yeah, yeah. And he's in, he, he's seeing in his imagery in his head of, of mm-hmm. uh, when, uh, you know, Bullseye yeah. stabs her in the there's stomach. A, there's a news person there that says it's weird that you're here. And Matt says, you know, I know this person so well. He's been such a... a horrible part of my life for so long um foggy is basically saying we really should go we shouldn't be here we have this great one panel thing of matt feeling um bullseye's face and and no and basically iding him and saying yep this is definitely him and while this is going on he hears chains outside of people climbing into the jail the 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 really secure uh, jail morgue Mm-hmm. And um, then he starts walking through a kind of police precinct. He's walking out, and they're talking about. See, this is so confusing to me. This is all yeah. a dream. Well, it's it is and it isn't, and it's all. And while he's walking out, the guy, the representative, is there, and he's sitting there, and he's basically he's he's just like telling everything, and everyone just thinks he's crazy, right? And he's sitting there, and he says, "Electra is alive. Bullseye must come back to life to kill her. 
He'll be mighty. Ask Murdoch. He knows. He wants to stop us. And uh, they're all saying, this guy's short of a few cans. And uh, and at that point, that's when Electra walks into the well, room. Yeah, he, the, the guy also says, Electra is here in this prison, yeah. rushing to her second death. Murdoch is blind, Why, but he, he sees, sees her. her yeah. Don't you, Murdoch? And, and uh, he says yes, and he sees her walking to him. And then... But she's walking, she walks past, but Matt just senses her, but doesn't. He, there's like some, some way that she can not appear to him fully. Like he, he's aware of her walking past, but he's like, I'm not sure if I, I saw her or not. And we have another one of those birds eye looking down a whole series, series of steps. Yeah, you've got Matt and Foggy yeah. walking up, and you've got Electra past them walking down. Yeah, and the, and the guy's walking along, and he's, he's basically says, Murdoch loves Electra, but he cannot save her. Nothing can save her. And everyone that's by this guy is just saying, shut up. You're crazy. And all you're doing is telling everyone everything. And we just, we're not even listening because you're insane. And he's basically telling everyone what's actually happening, but no one's listening. And um, they're, they're walking upstairs. They say the elevator's broken. And Matt says, I need to go to the bathroom. Um, or he, he kind of makes his excuses so he can sneak out. And the guy's just looking at him and smiling. We go back into the morgue and we see Electra is trying to make, to, I guess, decapitate or to make sure that Bullseye's definitely yeah, dead. Because exactly. the hand is basically and planning to bring him back to life to kill her because she's now too powerful for them. So while she's in the morgue and she's up, uh, um, um, sitting on top of, of um, about to cut Bullseye, his head about off. to cut his head off, the other dead people come to life. Yeah, they're brought to life by something and they start to attack her. So she's fighting these corpses in a really graphic way. Yeah, and while she's fighting them, we cut over to the bathroom where Matt is yeah. and he's undressing to get He's about to undress and Foggy walks in and says, oh, good idea. I need to go to the bathroom as well. So he he does it back up. And while Foggy's talking, he's about to chop him him on the back of the neck. To knock him out. Yeah, that was But then the the correspondent and the policeman come back in and he says, uh, and and we find out that that guy wants to see Matt Murdock and talk to him alone. And he says, why do you suppose he wants uh, wants to see you solo? And the guy answers for him. He says, Murdock is our enemy. Murdock must die. Uh, I will kill Murdoch without touching him with my mind. You will not escape Murdoch, and neither will Electra. So Electra's back down in the morgue, and she's fighting all of the make... animated corpses. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, he, yeah. He, she is, she's just yeah, go, like she's going through so many of these dead zombies. <laughs> yeah, she's just killing yeah. killing dead things. And uh, Matt and the representative are put into a room together, in a, into a caged room. And the guy has said, "You know, I'm going to kill you with my mind." And then he says, "Take off your glasses." And Matt says, "No," but he takes them off. And then it's this, these two pages are beautiful. It's like this, like the almost as if the jail is just floating in nothingness. And these guys are having a mental battle. They're fighting each other with their minds. And um, the guy says, so little we know about you, a curious foe. We, were there time I would pull your secrets from you? Sit down. Matt says, no, but sits down. He says, you have a headache. And Matt starts to wince a little bit and he says a very bad headache and Matt says no but his nose starts bleeding at this point Foggy's outside and he says everything okay and their their pal Matt talked to me and um, the guy is starting to strain he's trying to get inside Matt's head and kill him mentally and he says you've trained with Matt really looks like he's straining now and then while they're engaged in this mental battle Matt falls back in his chair and the guy starts to bleed and he falls back and we find out that the guy had a aneurysm, some kind of brain hemorrhage while this was going on. And we don't know if Matt killed him or if him, the defenses that Matt had put in place by um, training with stick were there enough to stop this guy. 
but then we have another is this a dream or is this real we have this whole thing of you know Electra's fighting and matt's thinking about that and he's thinking back to the fire in the church and the the police are talking to matt and saying what do you remember what happened in there and he says i've got no idea um and then he says there was over a dozen mutilated corpse in the morgue Bullseye, bullseye's body has vanished he's assassin dead from a brain hemorrhage and um yeah this, matt matt starts to hear something and uh he's he's walked home by foggy and he says you know I'll, I'll take care of it don't worry i'll be okay i'm just gonna get some rest off this brain thing that happened and foggy says you know there's a storm snowstorms kicking in you should get some sleep and Matt snaps his stick. He doesn't have his billy club. He snaps his stick and runs up the stairs because he's starting to sense something and he knows that Bullseye's out there and he's got to take care of Bullseye. And he's thinking back. And while he's doing that, he imagines or this actually happens where Electra comes through the window while the world is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he says, basically, the whole world's on fire and everything's on fire and I feel her and she's cold and I don't know what's real anymore. I don't know if this is a dream, but, um, they, and it looks like they, they make love, but she's a corpse and he can't tell what's real anymore. And then he says, I think this was another dream. And he goes back down into the basement to train and then he's listening and he says, this is, this is great. He's, he's down in the basement, punching the punching bag and just saying, I just, I, I'm losing my mind. This is going crazy. I'm hitting the punching bag and I can hear, you know, there's a, there's someone singing down the street. There's a, Siamese cat that's on a rooftop and he says and very uh, very very slightly I hear someone step onto my roof and uh, he says the shingles give just a touch of weight about 160 breathing calmly heart steady moving to the skylight a wire slides from an oiled sheaf crawls between steel tumblers forcing them into motion the hinges complain like always the top floor of my house goes cold it's a really great way of describing how Matt perceives the world. Right. Um, and it's an, a, a, a hand assassin is creeping into his house and they're, they're completely silent, but he can sense them. And he says, you know, he's following them around the room while he's standing down there hitting this punching bag. He says, nope, not in the kitchen, in the basement. Come on, come on down. He says he holds his breath, stops his heart. There's only the slightest creak of living bone, completely silent to the untrained ear, but loud to me as cracking kindling. I've been lucky with them so far. They know almost nothing about me. The only one of... They only know about Electra that we were in love. They know nothing about me. A cool breeze cuts a rectangle in the hair. Baby's cry of cat gut drawn tight. And this guy fires a arrow from the doorway at him. Matt drops, catches the arrow as the guy jumps up and pulls out a sword. He says his heartbeat, I follow the pulse out past his elbow and he throws the arrow back at him into his wrist. And the guy starts, he throws some of those little... Um, uh, the little spiked balls on the floor to try and limit where Matt can go. Pulls out some nunchucks, um, but Matt is able to hit all of his nerves in his other arm that doesn't have the arrow in it and make his arm useless. They get into a little fight and he uses the weights that are in the basement to attack him. And he says, just as he's about to fight, he hears a noise um, in the alley outside. A man breathes deep, holds it, and then a blow dart is blown through the window into the guy's head. And that ninja runs away, but he says, I got his scent. I couldn't lose him now if I try. And he chases after him. There's a the scenery of Matt chasing across the rooftops after this ninja. And then we just randomly jump <laughs> <laughs> into the middle of a, a fight in a church where 
Electra, dressed as a nun, is leaping off of the roof of the church down into falling, like arrows being fired up, or she fires an arrow down and the drum's beating. And we have these three or four creepy-looking hand guy. Uh, it's a nun and, like, uh, priests that look like, I think it might even be five. I can't tell. It's really hard because it's just, like, black shapes. with, And they almost look like gray aliens. So They're so alien may, Maybe the, the ninja that blew the, the, the blow dart. Who did that? Who blew the blow dart? No idea. I think it was Electra. You think it was Electra, and he's I chasing think, after her to try and get to. Yeah, because it's a scent that. Um, he says, "I couldn't, I couldn't lose it now if I tried." But he says he, but that, yeah, that couldn't could lose be it now if I tried. Yeah, because it doesn't really make. <laughs> s- they don't show the. Yeah, I, I think that might be Electra that did the okay. blow dart. So basically, what's happening is that the ha- the hand Maybe, have got these know. guys trying to bring bullseye back to life in that that yeah that ceremony that we've seen them do with Karigi and which matt tried to do with uh electra and they they succeed they bring bullseye back to life and he's like a, this heightened super sense and uh, super powered level and by and, the time matt gets there yeah electra has already been killed electra she's has been killed s- every ninja in the place that yeah. was guarding it and she's not quite dead but she has yeah been she's, stabbed. she's been stabbed in the, yeah. in the stomach and then matt goes up to her and she dies because there's that big, huge well, splash yet. page. She doesn't die just yet. There's a splash page of her on her knees, and he gets to her. And just as he gets to her, that's when Bullseye comes up, and he has a sword, and he he scrapes it across the church floor, and they face off against each other. Right. They get okay, into the yeah, fight, yeah. and while they're fighting, Electra in her dying state, grabs a sword. And so it's Electra and Matt versus Bullseye, but Bullseye is like heightened super strength, has come back from the dead. And Electra is dying, so it's kind of like a completely like Matt gets beaten completely, and his face is scarred up because he's been thrown through a plain a, a stained glass window. And Bullseye's just about to kill him when um, Electra, Electra re- reaches up. up with, but right before she dies and chops yeah. his head off. Yeah. So there's this yeah. whole fight, and then yeah, you see Matt fires. His arm's broken, and he fires a bow and arrow one armed into Bullseye's neck which gets his attention. <laughs> That's about yeah. it. And then uh, Electra's been stabbed again in the chest and she falls back on the ground and that's when she gets the sword and she manages to swing it and cut his head off and she says goodbye to Matt and that's when she dies again in his arms. Um, yeah. And we have another image of him holding her and he's like, it's that, it, it looks almost like the Jeff Darrow um, hard-boiled level of like damage that's been done to, to um, Matt to matt yeah he's like completely broken but if you think about it matt didn't have to do hardly anything electra did everything electra did all the and then we have like like you were saying about the um um the uh sin city thing where matt Mm -hmm. goes and puts like a million band-aids on his face but it's all in silhouette and he stops off he he gets you know he goes he goes get some help gets cleaned up a little bit then goes and buys five gallons of gas, a can, and some, and he steals some matches. And he goes and sets fire to the church and burns it and burns down the church. And he says, you know, that's where that's the end of it. This is all ending now. Um, so okay, so let me ask you, Jamie. So and then Electra's standing on some clouds. So he freed her. Okay, so w- what part of this story actually happened? Honestly, um, I mean, was Electra there at the at the police precinct? 
I don't think any of it happened in the story. But in, let's in, just say in this, I'm not talking about continuity. I mean, oh, this, I think it happened. I think that will so, happen. So that happened in the story? So I think the only stuff he was dreaming the, was the, her being chased by her demons. Okay. Everything else I think happened in the real world and it was just him unable to differentiate. There's a lot of really, really cool imagery in here. Oh, it's a beautiful book. Yeah, yeah. Frank Miller did a great job. There is nudity, that. we should say, yeah, to, yeah, to, it to, is, the, it to is, the younger listeners. Yeah, it, it is very adult. <laughs> if you ever wanted to but know what bullseye... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just very confusing to me because at the end you don't there's no it, the end doesn't give you any hint as to what was real and what was not real no and i think that's that's why i stand to each by, own. so yeah. everybody can read it and take their own interpretation yeah. of what and is, i think it is just frank miller saying look sure. i'm yeah. i'm done with my story you guys need to it's almost i wouldn't say that he was uh, overtly doing this cuz i don't i don't know him and i wouldn't want to speak for him but it's almost to me like him saying move on like it's 1990 Daredevil's done. My Daredevil's done. You can move on from that story. You can do your own stories, which is kind of, you know, it's it's it's. There's different ways of doing it. I think um, we're gonna find out. Like Anna Seni, when she finishes her run, she does this great thing where she leaves five or six storylines not open. She closes everything up nicely, but then she offers up these different versions of stories that the next writer can run with if they want. <clears throat> but I get the impression that. Frank Miller was like uh, the uh, all the ends of his runs are final, you know. Night one ninety one is mm -hmm. pretty final. It's him saying Electra's born again, but she's gone and lived and with the chase, and mm -hmm. it's all done. And yeah, and Bullseye's broken, and Daredevil's Daredevil. Then at the end of Born Again, it's like I'm Matt. I've broken everything. I've rebuilt it up. I'm done. This is like a another level of that where it's like him saying, like. The church has been burnt down. The religious imagery can be... Well, I'm done with that. That was my idea. Mm -hmm. uh, Bullseye, I turned him into who you all think he is now, and I've killed him. Mm -hmm. Electra is completely mine. I've killed her. You can't touch her anymore. Um, time to move on from all of it. Just stop. Well, tough. What if we don't want to move on? I know. Well, that's that's <laughs> one of the reasons why uh, yeah. Frank Miller doesn't actually do anything for Marvel anymore was because yeah. they insisted on bringing Electra back, I think, and yeah. he really didn't want that to happen, so... This book was very confusing to me, <laughs> and I I, I, re I read it for the first time last week. Yeah, and and going through it, I, I realized that maybe because I was so confused, it was hard for me to remember mm. like the specific things that happened in it. Yeah, because I, w I was like, is this a dream? Is this not a dream? It bounces around so much. Yeah, and there's no clue from the dialogue either. Really, they don't give you any indication. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why I'm I've always been kind of okay with it as what it is is that when I first read American comics, it was in reprints or in like single issues that were given to me by different people throughout time. So I have no, I had no sense of the linear storyline until mm -hmm. I read whatever, the the the, Pan the Punisher two-part yeah. that Frank Miller did. And then I was like, oh, there's actually a storyline that goes from one to two to three to four. But you know what though, like, I don't even really mean by throwing this into continuity. How does it fit? I'm just talking. It doesn't fit. Anyway. It doesn't fit at all. I'm just talking about in the actual story in its yeah, own contained it. story. <laughs> I can't even tell what's going on through a lot of it. Yeah, and I, I think understand this. I understand kind of like what you said. I I felt the same way about how Frank Miller was trying to wrap everything up. Is yeah. what it seems like, and you know, killing Bullseye, mm -hmm. making, telling everyone for sure that that um, Elektra is dead. Um, you know, the yeah. impact that it had on Matt's life, you know, now he's moved on by burning the church and all that stuff. And like, you're right. I see all of that. I do. But the story itself, it's just, 
it's so all over the place. Yeah, it's almost um, like uh, it's it's almost like the the cheat of having Matt be sleep deprived, mm-hmm. so him being confused is enough to justify them not really having to tell you. Right. So it's very it's very open to interpretation, but it's very like uh, um, intentionally vague about all of that stuff like the 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 trick of having very specific dates like if you wanted to you could go back and you could work out roughly Uh, i'm good like oh tuesday (laughs) the 9th april april 1st monday okay i'll find out what year is april 1st month was on a monday right yeah but that's like that's another layer of cheat where it's like but that's all we're going to tell you so you think like where you think kinda, we're being honest about what, what what's real it, and what it, isn't. It kind of sucks a little bit because I really liked Frank Miller's run in Daredevil. Yeah. It was so good. And I feel like I understand, you know, like if he was done with it and he wanted yeah. to tell his own version. I mean, this is the rated R version of comic books. Yeah. And that's kind of where Frank Miller wanted to go to and yeah. what he likes being yeah. in. So I get that. But it kind of sucks in a way because like it would have been great if he would have come back and came up with a whole brand new story and you know, instead of just trying to tie it up, rather just, you know, like do a whole brand new one. Yeah. Because I thought he did such a great job with, with Daredevil. Um, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. The books will always exist. I'll always be yeah. able to go back and read, you know. Exactly. And you can drop those. this in wherever you want. Yeah. You know. Yeah, the, the trash can, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, that's, a joke. that's a joke. No, there were there was a lot of it I did like. The artwork specifically, mm. I, there was some great stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the, the scenery and all the buildings, the establishing shots, the high angles, which are really cool. Yeah. Um, the, the way that he drew Matt with um, like showing how tired he was. Like mm-hmm. he, I mean, it's hard to draw in, in general, but to draw a character... <laughs> Make him look tired and mm-hmm. more tired, and then more tired, and then more tired. Whew, that yeah, was good without adding too many lines. Um, really quickly, <laughs> I'll go through Marvel Fanfare 27. Yes, please do. Really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, this is um, not a very good comic book in my mind. <laughs> um, I was not the is big, this the car one? This is the car oh, one. Yeah, yeah. It's I, goofy. I'm not a very big fan of it. Um, Marvel Fanfare, as you all know, is supposed to be where they where they uh. They they printed it on fancy paper. They they inter- they have a whole bunch of different characters. They, they, yeah. they do a couple stories in each issue. Different creators, different, different stories. Different creators. Mm-hmm. They, they can have fun with stuff. But just to sum this one up really quickly, Foggy goes to Matt and was like, "Hey Matt, I'm gonna buy us a car." And Matt's like, "Um, what do we need a car for? I'm 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 blind. I can't even drive one." And, yeah. and Foggy goes, "It's all about appearance. It's about the image. The image. <clears throat> we need a car. All the other lawyers have cars." And Matt's like, all right, fine, let's do this. Well, while this is all happening, and while before they go car shopping, while they're going car shopping, Matt just talks about how much he hates traffic, how much he hates all the congestion, mm-hmm. how he hates like just vehicles in general. There's such yeah. a there's such a you know It's th- noise, it's this pollution. Noise, pollution, everything. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, and that, he he actually gets a uh, there's a car thief that he gets off the hook as well, right? There thing. is, yeah. So they end up getting a the, yeah, he gets a car thief off mm-hmm. the hook. And then they go and buy a car, and Foggy is so easily manipulated by this this yeah. used car. He's, buying, he's still he with is, Debbie at this point. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. He is. So he's buying it for because the, they're planning on the going mustache. on holiday. They're going on a holiday. Yeah, they, he does have the mustache. He does. He? he gets very manipulated. Well, yeah. anyways, so they go and they get the car. Well, that very night when he parked out in front of his house, the car gets stolen. So Matt changes into Daredevil, deals with some more cars stuff. He hates cars, and, and he actually kind of at one point feels like, you know what, I need I need to get this car back because Foggy's right. 
right? This is also my car. This is our car. Even though I can't drive it, you know, I need to get it back. So, so the um, car thief that he got off, he actually goes to him. He's a member of a gang, and and uh, he had told Matt Murdock, he was like, hey, look, if you ever need a favor, come to me. We'll help mm-hmm. you out. So Daredevil shows up, and he's like, my buddy Matt told me that you guys could help me out. So he goes there. And then he ends up teaming up with this gang and they find out who ended up stealing the car. Yeah, they and, take him to a chop shop yeah, and they say, this is the place where the, you want to They find check. it and right as they're starting to take it apart, Daredevil jumps in, breaks some windows, kicks a little bit, uh, a little, uh, kicks a few butts. Then the guy, the, the car thief, jump in the car, drive off. Daredevil starts to chase it. He, the whole time he's doing this, he's complaining about traffic, how much he hates cars. You know, and and unfortunately, through the chasing, and as Daredevil goes to stop the bad guys and get the cars back, or gets the car back, the car ends up dinging its its windshield, dinging mm-hmm. the front bumper, pretty much getting destroyed. So the issue ends with uh, Foggy telling Matt, "Well, Daredevil got us our car back, but unfortunately, the car got ruined. But you know what? Um, we had insurance. <laughs> insurance will pay for it." And Foggy's and Matt's like, "You know what? We had a car. But it's okay. You know, everything's good." Oh, by the way, here's your uh, your gift for they just got married, right? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah like here's your gift uh, for your vacation or whatever. It's two plane tickets, so now you don't need to drive there. You can fly there. Yeah, because flying is safer. Yeah. And that was pretty much the whole story. Yeah. Who were the creative teams? <clears throat> yes, the creative teams. And once again, it's not a bad comic book. It's, it's just, just it's just fluffy. Si- it's just fluffy and silly. And we've yeah. been reading so much dark stuff right now <laughs> that it kind of just jumped out as like not not belonging in a dare- in the Daredevil world. In anything. In anything. Um so let's see. The was it Bill Mantle? The creative team is I don't no, I don't have it on mine. Okay. You're, you're gonna have to pop it out All real right, quick. Watch this. I'm gonna pop it out real quick. Yeah, because I don't have. I uh, th- this book is only available um, in the floppy. It's not collected anywhere oh, yes. online. So Jamie had it, so I borrowed it from him. So yeah. I I was going off a of memory. I don't remember who's the creative team. Oh yeah, it doesn't say on does the it, first page. Does it, say? does it say on the last page? I know it says it somewhere in here. Maybe it's uh. In the back page, in the front page. All right, what do we got? Um, uh, Tony Salmon. Tony Salmon is the artist, and that's all it says. But it doesn't say if he wrote it as well. I guess he did. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it was Bill Mantlo. Bill Mantlo's story, Tony Salmon's art. And Jim Novak lettering. And Glynis Wien. Colors. That's the creative team. And then uh, Daredevil also has a small appearance in Marvel Fanfare 31. 31, which it's, is super small. It's I think like, it's like four pages. It's like four it? pages. It's called Daredevil the Call. Yeah. Norm uh, Brayfogle. How do you say it? Norm's? Brayfogle. Brayfogle. Mm-hmm. Norm Brayfogle. Uh, he did the story, the he art, did everything. and the lettering. He yeah. just didn't do the coloring. That was by oh, Paul sorry, yes. Beckton. Uh-huh. Uh, some days you can't hear me. Some days you wake to sunshine and the world seems right and you're stretching you on. So this is basically Matt... Waking up all happy. He's going to get a cab to court. Well, before that, he eats some bacon and eggs and he toast. Does, yeah. yeah. He's got a big chipper smile on his face. He goes out, calls a taxi. <clears throat> Guess what? He gets a taxi on the very first try. This yeah, is awesome. Sometimes that happens. Well, anyways, while he's in the taxi, the taxi driver is listening to the radio. And on the radio, he hears that there's a robbery happening at a bank. And uh, Matt's like, downtown fast. 
And then so he pays the cabbie, tells him to keep the change. You know, he, when he runs off, the cabbie's like, hey, I thought this guy was blind. How's he getting out of here so fast? <laughs> Daredevil goes into an alley, changes, goes, shows up, um, ends up jumping into uh, the uh, the cops are there. He mm-hmm. jump, breaks the glass, jumps into the bank, foils the robbery, um, is about to get attacked by someone from behind. And then one of the people that was being used as a hostage ends up kicking and uh, helping Daredevil along the way. And then they all smile and give thumbs up, and that's pretty much it. That's it, yeah. yeah. Norm Brafo, who is sir. a great Batman. Artist. Oh, so good. I love yeah. his Batman. Yeah, him. It was Bra- Jim Bra- Aperow and Brafo. It's, so fu- it's so funny how I, like you, you don't hear the names. Yeah. So when I read them, like Brafogle, is that how you said it? Is? I think so, yeah. yeah. I used to just gobble it when I was a kid. It was Jim, Jim Aperow and uh, oh, Norm. Jim Aperow, right? See, yeah. I, I think know. it's Aperow. I yeah. don't know. It could be. I, I think. I don't know what it Apero is. Aperow sounds good. Oh, I, I was Fogel. a big fan of him. Yeah, it they, they, Bray Fogel was on Detective and Jim mm-hmm. Aparo was on Batman at that yeah. stage. And I collected Batman. I told you about how I had a list in my wallet of yeah. all the numbers. I In case I went to a comic book shop, I could look yeah. through the back issue, uh-huh. issues and find them. And, oh, good times. Good times. All right, well, there we go. That's Oof. it. That's that for this week. Yeah. <clears throat> Two fascinating slices of Frank Miller yeah. scripted um curiosos cur- curiosities that we're not really sure where they fit but they fit somewhere they do not in the trash can thank and you bo- joshua no definitely not never <laughs> never never no i like it all i do i was just joking when i said that but i am a f- fan of the artwork in both of those is mm-hmm. top notch yeah frank miller frank miller Fra- experimenting a little bit it, with his his uh his graphics yeah and uh, Bill Sinkovich is, I love him. Uh, Bill Sinkovich, yeah, he did a great job. Very abstract, very fun. His Moon Knight is delightful. There we go. Yeah. All right, I'm Joshua. I'm Jamie. We, we just, just did Daredevil. Daredevil.